You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. and welcome to ring post radio it's not a ring post radio night it's a it's a, a early afternoon ring post radio so i guess i'll have a i don't know a soda a mountain dew a, 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 a gin fizz i don't know maybe that's a, maybe that's too too much uh but thank you everybody for joining us for this ring post radio we are live on the internet uh we have uh, a, a great show in store for all of you. I am Ryan Knightsey, of course. Uh, with me, as always, my co-host, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long week. It's been a long week for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're feeling better. I'm hoping you're feeling better. I know it's been a rough re- week for you, but good show, good wrestling conversation. Hopefully that can cheer you up a little bit. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's why I'm here. Uh, and to help us with the the hope rising, uh, the 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 I, I can't think of I didn't, I didn't have anything immediately, but help us with the hope rising. Helping us today is the uh, dungeon master of the Countout Patreon D and D show, Cantrips and Clotheslines. None other than Jared Luthy. Jared, welcome to the show. Hello, uh, thank you for having me. This is. Very exciting. Uh, I always dreamt about being on a wrestling podcast someday. Well, you've made it. Uh, as, as I'm shouting at my TV, people should listen to my opinion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's how um, Ring Post Radio was born. Yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean, it wasn't my TV, but it was my fiance who I was uh, shouting. Yeah, definitely my girlfriend has to put up with a lot of my nonsense about wrestling. And, you know, she'll c- come with a quip that's correct. I was like, wow, how do you know that? She goes, my, I don't know what you've done to me and who should like kind of sulks away she my fiance out of nowhere uh i think yesterday i believe brought up uh tomohiro ishii out of nowhere and i was like yeah. holy crap what <laughs> excuse me she's like are you proud of me now i was like i i think so <laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing that you know who tomohiro ishii is but uh to me it is it's the fantastic thing <laughs> that's awesome but yeah, uh, we're w- welcome to the show, of course. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for coming on. Um, uh, I don't, we haven't really talked about it. we've done you and I have done several sessions of D and D together mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, Countout Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Countout Pod. I think Countout Pod. Uh, we've done several sessions of D and D, but we haven't really talked about Jared. Like, what has? How long have you been into wrestling uh, as a sort of like endeavor, as a sort of hobby? Uh, what, so yeah, I ahead. started. <sighs> I'm 36 right now. So I, when I was in sixth grade, I was like, it was like prime attitude era. I remember turning it on because I used to kind of be into it when I was a kid in the 80s. Every once in a while, I watch a videotape like the old Coliseum videos. Um, but then I went, uh, you know, I was like, you know, my friends at school were talking about it. I was like, okay, let's watch. And I got super into it. Um, and I was thinking the other day about when I became a lapsed fan and I know the exact match that I was like, Oh, this is lame. And just kind of dropped off. And it was, it was the 2000 Royal rumble when cactus Jack and triple H had that street fight. 
mm-hmm. and Triple H won. And I was like, and I was a kid back. Like I didn't know the machinations, you know, behind it and everything. And I was like, well, that's lame. And I remember my interest just kind of diving. I didn't watch Raw that Monday. I kind of was just over it. So I was lapsed like the whole like quote unquote ruthless aggression era. Um, sorry, one second. It's ruthless aggression. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Ruthless. Yeah. Um, get, a, get a little rasp in your voice. Sorry. Um, strangely enough i came back as soon as the network because i was like oh that's fun and i was a huge giant bomb fan um you know with video games with everybody and they would talk about wrestling all the time and my first kind of like endeavor back was getting the network and watching daniel bryan at that wrestlemania in new orleans and i was like oh this is cool and wrestling is like really cool i remember why i like it and then like I got into it. I'm an observer subscriber and has been kind of super into it ever since, you know, like I go to PWG when I can and I go, I've been to, you know, I have family in Japan. So I've seen a couple shows over there. Um, Yeah. It's been, I, I have not looked back since I got back into it. So. I've speaking about my, speaking about my fiance, I have pitched to her going to Japan during our it's honeymoon, which will just so happen to be Christmas break area uh, next year, yes. so I'm, I'm 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 working on that pitch. I'm working on that pitch to be like, hey, what if we did Wrestle Kingdom? Um, man, I'm jealous about that. That's awesome. I, I I did not know that. And also speaking of the Patreon, uh, Ryan hasn't seen anything that show. Uh, that Dana Bryan WrestleMania match, never seen it. Never seen it yet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> crazy. It was um, funny. My my best friend got back into wrestling in that exact same way that you did with the network, network. coming out. Yeah. Though his favorite was The Undertaker. So the first pay-per-view he ever saw live, he watched The Undertaker lose his streak. And he oh, was like, shit. why do I like wrestling? I said, <laughs> I said, I don't know, man. This is a tough one for you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. And like when I came back, I got fascinated with the whole like the business sort of it of like mm-hmm. who decide like i'm always fascinated about okay the the booking theory of like okay when does a guy lose when does a guy win how long um i wish my so kind of a tangent i wish my uncle was still alive he was like he he was a big wrestling guy and like trainer back in the day and um like he you you know that picture of jungle boy and uh and uh, Luchasaurus, when they show them during their feud as, like, kids or whatever, like, yeah. that's in my uncle's backyard. Like, my uncle trained them. Whoa. Like, or, yeah, was, like, the first trainer or whatever like that. I remember um, when he died, Excalibur, like, shouted him out during a match. I was like, wait, what? And, um, like, Dave, like, wrote an obituary in the Observer that week for him. And I was listening to it. I was just going. Whoa. So I went to my mom. I was like, mom, this is very strange. She goes, and like we were kind of strange like he wasn't the nicest guy but it's still like a crazy like connection to wrestling that i have that i kind of wish he was you know like i could talk to him and be like hey and like i found out so much about him during that obituary Mm -hmm. because dave's obituaries are second to none like yeah they are phenomenal Mm -hmm. so like reading all this stuff about him we found out a lot about his career that we didn't know it was really cool so that's kind of like a weird connection I have to it that 
was just kind of blindsided me. I was just watching it one day and Excalibur like says his name. I was like, whoa, that's strange. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic to have. It's you're sort of stumbling upon it, but it's some stumbling upon like a important California based trainer for a bunch of indie yeah. wrestlers. I'm sure because you know, I'm sure he didn't just train Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I'm sure it was other. No, stopped, like, he stopped at the dinosaur. He's like, he's like right, I've had I'm enough. Done. I've had enough of the dinos. And I remember in high school, like he put on an indie show for like a fundraiser for my mom's. So my mom coaches softball. Mm-hmm. They like did like an indie show in our gym for like. And it was like, I was like, the t- I just, rem- it unlocked all these memories. I was like, oh my God, that's right. Like, so like getting back into wrestling has been a very cool thing. I've made a lot of new friends. Like mm. it's been, it's been really, really, really nice. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I'm sure there's like now like a, a sort of connection to your uncle in that sense as well. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's fantastic news. I love hearing that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't know how to transition to a fantastic story, but we have fantastic news uh, today to go over. And, of course, we'll be reviewing uh, Final Battle, Ring of Honor's Final Battle show that happened over the weekend, along with NXT Deadline. What did I, what did I say? Deadline? Um, NXT Deadline. Deadline. Um, and then... Uh, Kind of a quick little preview of a uh, uh, World Tag League Super Junior Tag League Finals, which will also be happening this Wednesday. Uh, but before we get to all that, we got a bunch of news to go over because uh, kind of a new, kind of a newsworthy week for wrestling, I'll say. Uh, so we'll sort of get through all of that. So uh, I'll just shout out you guys when you have any uh, opinions and stuff. But uh, first off, in the news bits, uh, WWE held another tryout this past week. Um, we don't know everyone that was in it, but we do know that there were some independent wrestling standouts, just like Kylie Ray, Casey Navarro, Dutch and Vincent from the former Ring of Honor uh, Righteous Ones group, uh, along with other wrestlers and probably non-wrestlers as well. So uh, what do you think about uh, maybe, maybe this is a sign of WWE wanting to look at more independent wrestlers, not just non-wrestling athletic people? Maybe this is a sign of that. Do you think this is a sign of that? Or do you think that this is just, A, they're showing up, they're not going to get any uh, signing uh, contracts or anything? Scotty, what do you think? Why else would we be bringing William Regal back if we're not going to look at Indie Town? That is his entire job. I know he's there to, you know, be with his son and whatever. But that too. Like, this this is William Regal's thing. So, yeah, I'm not shocked at all. Um, I thought Kylie Ray was big name to see obviously you know she's been everywhere and mm-hmm. for cups of tea not not a long period of time she's actually been in nwa for a few years now right i Maybe? i don't think I don't she's know. been wrestling. Is she still there i don't think she's still there i don't think i, I don't no. think she's well, still in the nwa either casey navarro is a good prospect um vincent and dutch have been i feel like rumored to be going there for months now so it's like this seems to be more guaranteed than not um mm-hmm. but i think looking at all talent is very important if you're a professional wrestling company instead of just athletes from colleges so this is a it's a good way to go and i'm looking forward to uh the wars back and forth between them and AEW to get some talent now oh yeah jared what do you think do you think uh WWE is going back on their policy of independent wrestling talent, or do you think they it's, are 
they're still p- picking up uh, college athletes. I think they're doing both. I think it's like a, a it, they go through those phases of like a tick and a talk. So like tick, okay, we're only doing indie towns or talk. Okay, no, we're only doing our at college athletes. We're doing the, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I, re- I know Vince, when Vince was there and he took over NXT for that little stint, it was no indie talents are no, you know, we're only doing the college athlete program. And I can understand that we want them trained our way. I wonder if it's easier to train them to do their way only versus not, you know, kind of training out all those indie tendencies that those guys pick up on the road or at other places to work the WWE style. And, you know, kind of like what Scott said, it's that's Regal's job. I bet coming back in is, no, this is the way we do it. You know, left foot forward roll, you know, that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I think it's crazy that uh, these indie guys spend as long as they do in NXT. Do you remember how long Nakamura was there? Uh, several and, years, and like, if I'm not mistaken. And the joke the joke was like, no, he's got to learn how to know where the hard cam is. Mm-hmm. It's like, dog, what? Like, <laughs> What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, that's so, one of my big frustrations with these 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 tryouts is that like mm-hmm. you know meanwhile on television you know you have everyone that formerly worked for wb get like the clean pass in the main roster even if i i you know maybe they need a little more training um but like you know like you'll have you're about to have you know with nikki cross you're about to have eric young killian dane and and alexander wolf just show back up on the main roster meanwhile i and for my money one of the best independent women's talents on today has to do a tryout and prove that she can wrestle and then yeah. at the end of the day if she gets hired like you said broken down I, and i wonder i wonder about kylie ray because she's been everywhere yeah and it ha- hasn't always worked out you know in her favor meaning like you know she'll have you know her mental health issues get in the way and that's really crappy and like i wonder if that's going to be a good place for her because I've heard from a couple places that they're going to start touring up again, like in that little coconut loop. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I, hopefully she can hang and good things come to her, but um, maybe a place like NWA was like a good spot. Cause it was only on YouTube. It was very low key, low pressure. So, cause she was going to be, she was going to be like the main fixture of the AEW women's yeah. division from what I've, remember yeah yeah and then what after aew when she came back then she was going to be the main fixture of impacts women's division and then that fell through of course yeah for sure and then the nwa's women's division i guess who knows i don't i like wrestling but i don't like I'm not an NWA fan wrestling fan you know that means you are a wrestling fan okay yeah Yeah, I don't think Billy Corgan's wrestling style is uh, a uh, hot commodity yeah. right now. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. You brought up William Regal, Scotty. Well, we have more details about William Regal uh, and him uh, being let go uh, from AEW. It's, it's a real tragic story. Definitely go look into it. But it was all about involving uh, Tony Khan's mother's health and basically that Regal wanted to go back to NXT with his son, with the rest of his family, all that other stuff. And, you know, he doesn't want to tour as much, so that idea. Uh, but basically, what we know from his contract is that he'll be able to go to WWE in the new year, but he cannot appear on screen just behind the scenes as a coach until 
his like AEW contract time period formally ends, I imagine. Um, Jared, we'll start with you. What do you think about Regal um, coming back to WWE? We talked about it last week, Scotty and I, about how it's a good move maybe, but also is a dangerous man with a lot of contacts. So I'm, 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 I'm weary, but what do you think about William Riggs yeah, going back? Yeah, I, I kind of, I'm right there with you. Like it's, I think that, I think it was a very like fair thing for Tony to do. He wanted to work with his son. He wanted to be there, yada, yada. But then again, like, you know, Triple H couldn't really help himself and he fucking tweeted that video of him saying war games. And it's like, bro, what do we like? You can't just fucking let it go. Like, <laughs> you can't just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, he did us a solid. Yeah. You got to get that little fucking dig in. And it's like, you know, people always complain about, oh, they broke the throne. And it's, it's like, yeah, like, so the guy that broke the throne, of course, is there now. Yeah, he's there now. <laughs> so, and it's like, you know, fascinated how his booking is going to go. Yeah, his he'll be fine. That'll be that'll be interesting. He'll but yeah, I a think, lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I fine. think I wonder if Tony didn't have those family problems going on, would he have been so you know okay with letting him go? Probably I would I would think because he just seems like a fair fair boss like that. Mm-hmm. And I think having him be behind behind the scenes for I think it was a year long. I think that's fine. But you're right; like he's got a lot of contacts, and a lot of those guys really like Regal. So yeah, I could see that kind of biting him in the butt. But who you know, time will tell. Especially with the conversation of that they with this WWE tryout, maybe they're looking at indie talent again. Yeah, maybe they can poach. I don't know, uh, Cole Carter back, you know, maybe they'll be yeah, yeah. get him back in the fold, <laughs> get him back into La Familia. No, that was the other one. What was the, what was, what was the Italian Jones accent, you know, uh, faction called? Uh, God. La Familia was, uh, Santos, I believe. Anyways. <laughs> no. No? Am I right? That's Legato. That's Legato? Legato? Oh, it's Legato. I, but didn't someone no, say Fantasma. La Familia a bunch? I don't remember. La Familia was like when Edge was with like, Oh yeah, Chavo and Vicky <laughs> and Alicia Fox was in there as like the, the the wedding coordinator or something. Yeah, she was a wedding coordinator at the time. I think. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Why are we doing this? We're, I'm not going back to twenty uh, two thousand eight SmackDown. Nah, um, the good old days. I mean, I've said all I need to say about William Regal. Truthfully, I don't have many thoughts. Yeah. Good for him. You know, he's going home. Home. It is home mm-hmm. now for him. Uh, He'll get to stay in Florida, do his NXT gig that he loves so much. And, yeah, good for him. He can't be on screen for now. I'm sure that's – I, you know, I saw some people say, well, that was part of the thing. I was like, there's absolutely no way that there's something in his contract where it's like, you can never be on air ever, ever again. Yeah. Like, there's just no way. Yeah, There's going to be a day where Dempsey, his son – is up on the main roster and they're going to have that itch to put Regal with him. Yeah. And it's going to work if they do that. Um, but we'll wait and see, but happy for Regal. Good on Tony Khan for being the good guy here. And, uh, Blackpool combat club now lives on without them. How'd you guys like that? Uh, weird video that it was, they did. It was awkward. Cause it definitely it was... was filmed after the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just a weird trying to untangle this web 
that they've yeah. created. I don't know how I, I, it didn't really quite work for me. To me, it was very like, all right, we got one take to do this energy. <laughs> all right, yeah, we got to get this done. That's a great point. One take, and then you gotta go. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, it was. It was an. It was a weird one to watch. Um, I I just picture him after doing that. He put on his glasses and be like, "Smell you later, losers." <laughs> <laughs> he puts on a jean jacket oh, and then, and then regal. Walks out, gets on a hog and just rides away. Yeah, um, like I like that he got a goodbye, but I was like, that was weird. You, had, you you told me on TV this week that Brian Danielson's at the hospital still with this guy, and this guy pretty much said, "See you later, bye." Yeah, don't want anything to um, you guys. The da- the the Moxley reaction in the ring kind of oh, yeah. spoke for all of us. The the fuck <laughs> that was weird. Uh, he was like, "Whatever." Anyways, yeah, he really moved on, which I guess to be gigged. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I guess uh, he did move on, but that was also like how his character emotionally reacts to the whole thing. Yeah, like okay, for screw sure. that, bottle it up. Um, well, you know, uh, two weeks ago. But <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, PWG announced the 2023 Battle of Los Angeles entrance. Um, of course, this is their yearly tournament that we can see six months later. Um, so <laughs> the entrants are as follows. Uh, we have Michael Oku, Shun Skywalker, Masha Slamovich, Mike Bailey, Commander, Alex Shelley, Jonathan Gresham, Aramis, uh, Titus Alexander, Jordan Grace, Leo Rush, Black Taurus, Latigo, PWG champion Daniel Garcia, Bandito, Kanosuke Takeshita, and El Hijo del Vikingo. Uh, That is a fantastic lineup that I've ever seen. I think I would love to see a match with any of those wrestlers wrestling each other. Um, That it just, and then the multi-mans that will happen on night two as well. Oh Mm -hmm. man, there's gonna be a lot of good action there. I'm thinking Takeshita wins. I could see that, yeah. I can for see sure. That. It's definitely be an AEW person. So then they yeah, and then backtrack oh, from there. Doubt. <laughs> and then backtrack from there. I wonder if they're going to. So this is also, you know, they've been doing women's matches, obviously, uh, in PWG, PWG last year or this year, I should say. I wonder if they will do because they do this sometimes, um, like Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich as like a round one match, uh, mm-hmm. and then one of them moves on. Or if they will separate them um, and just have two separate uh, spots for them to be in. And then I would be interested, especially looking at. But is there anyone there that you're very excited to see uh, as part of this? I mean, we have a couple debuts with Titus Alexander and I believe Latino as well. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I just was kind of like, oh, cool. Like when I was looking at until the final entrant of Iho del Vikingo, when I was like, oh, shit, I kind of want to go to this. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I want to see if I thinking think about one. him in like a final, or like j- against Kanosuke, or just anybody w- is just going to be off the charts. Yeah, that is yeah. Kanosuke winning makes sense, but I would love to see how often do you have Vikingo in uh, PWG? You know? Yeah, totally. So maybe him Kanosuke versus Vikingo in the finals. Oh. Oh. I could. The only reason that won't, may not happen is because Tony Khan may see it and be like, "I want that on my show." Good point. Good He's point. done that before. Yeah. Remember when uh, Warrior Wrestling booked the Briscoes and Lucha Bros, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're canceling that. Mm-hmm. That's my match." That which um, in my hog catch up that I've been doing this year, 
one of the matches I was about to watch was the, was a hog match with the Briscoes versus the Lucha Brothers. But it was yeah. that point in time this year where Ray Phoenix was injured and unable to yeah. wrestle the match. And I, was, and I was thinking to myself, oh, man, if this match was originally scheduled, I wonder if it would have just got canceled. But I don't yeah. know, because it was originally scheduled, and then because of an injury, it didn't happen. So I don't. I wonder. I wonder what changed, maybe. Um, maybe it was, maybe he signed the Briscoes in between. Yeah, maybe that's, that's probably happened. it. But, you know, uh, I'm excited to see this uh, in <clears> June. <throat> Um, next up, New Japan announced that they are, well, New Japan is reported, not announced, New Japan is reported to be bringing in Sasha Banks for Wrestle Kingdom 17, according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider. Uh, Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer sort of confirmed that the next day, saying that the deal is not through WWE, that she is a free agent, uh, it is for multiple dates, um and it is uh again she won't be wrestling but she'll be there it's for multiple dates of new japan apparently uh but she is going to new japan uh one of the reasons apparently dave mentioned in wrestling observer radio today he mentioned that sasha banks WWE contract ends at the end of the year this year and that her and wwe are quote very far apart on money so it looks like if it is a money issue that uh new japan well, it doesn't seem like New Japan would, you know, be able to pony up WWE level money. So maybe there's another funder in the room along with New Japan for Sasha Banks. So I wonder, maybe maybe we'll see her post New Japan and I don't know, the Los Angeles area in January. Showing up to, of course, none other than PWG's Battle of Los Angeles is what I'm referencing. <laughs> And not the forum. I don't know. Maybe. What do you guys think about uh, Sasha Banks coming to New Japan? Maybe AEW? Maybe other places? Sasha Banks, free agent. How do you feel? Scotty, I know this is a day that you've been dreaming of, uh, and it's coming faster than we thought. If you think I give a shit about if she goes to AEW, I do not care. I do not care. It is past time in Japan, people. <laughs> hold, hold your horses. Get excited. And also, you didn't say it like Dave actually said. It. He said uh, uh, Mercedes Monet or Mercedes Renato, whatever the hell she's going by. Yeah. Um, um, it's exciting. It is very exciting because the fun part is that it was plural. It wasn't just Wrestle Kingdom. It's multiple dates that she is going to be in New Japan for. New Japan, you know, I'm just saying, also has a sister company that, you know, maybe that just counts as part of it. Uh, but it does feel like, you know, you said the thing about the funding. Uh, sure, she can go to AEW if she wants to. I don't really care about that. My whole thing is, I think for her, this is a dream type thing for her. She's probably not charging them as much as she's charging WWE mm. to bring her back. What she's probably telling WWE is, if you want me back, you can pay up this high. But until then... I'm going to go do what I've been talking about for years of doing. Yeah. This Dave, has been. Dave does some... mention that uh, she's a free agent. So WB could swoop in and give her all that money, yeah. much like bright lights, Carl Anderson uh, and get that sort of situation sure. happening. But yeah, you're right. Is that right now? She <clears> looks like she's going to Japan. There is a second wrestle kingdom date that I think a lot of people have forgotten about. Ooh. I don't actually know what the date is, but it is uh Yokohama arena. Mm-hmm. And there is a, of course, an IWGP women's title match on that Wrestle Kingdom show between Kyrie and Tam Nakano. Let's just set the stage already, folks. 
we're we're getting we're getting Kyrie versus Sasha Banks at yeah. least. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised and, uh, if it I is at that say. Yokohama Arena, which will be January twenty first. Is what that date? Yeah, that's that's as big a as much as it hurts me. That's as big of a women's match as they can book. You're not going to book something bigger than that. Do you dare put in, that in the main in event? Japan. Do you dare put that in the main event? Kyrie versus Sasha Banks, Wrestle Kingdom main eventers. Why not? Oh man, good, good. the question of the day. Jared, how do you feel? Sasha Banks, free agent, already making waves. I just want a decision of what is going to happen. This It's been so much speculating that I'm just kind of like, yeah. The funniest part of Wrestling Observer today, the radio, was Dave trying to pronounce mo- money, mo- mo- <laughs> it was It was very on brand. Mm-hmm. And... I was just like, hell yeah, Dave. Um, but uh, I think it's I think it's cool. I can just see the segment now. Kyrie wins, and then the music plays, and the, oh, 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 Mercedes, you know, like I watch it with Japanese commentary because I can, Me I can too. understand I watch and all that stuff. And like hearing them, like I can just hear them, like freak out over it, and it's gonna be great. Um, but it's also going to be kind of interesting to see the crowd reaction because in the beginning, the crowd didn't really like that crossover with stardom. Um, On the new Japan but I think shows? they're really what? On the new Japan shows. Yeah. That the new Japan shows they, but now they're really getting into it. Like that whole, like the special one where filthy Tom was tagging um, on there with, uh, uh, sure. Suri yep. and everybody like it, it's been really cool, and I think that that partnership's been really good for both. Um, I, I mean, my Booker of the Year is Rossi Ogawa. Like, Stardom has been my promotion of the year, and I'm very excited to see her. R- remember when the last time Sasha kind of took a, a break, she went over and trained with Stardom, and there that everyone was really speculating then, but um. Yeah, I think I don't really care if she goes to W or AEW or not. I think if she wants to just stay doing Japan shows, I would be totally fine with that. Um, but if she wants to show up to the form, way cool. I, I think that would be really great for business and really good for that women's division mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. I mean, what do you do? Do you belt her right away? Do you take it away from Hater or like you kind of have to, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be the resident freakazoid here and say I think her and AEW would be huge. I mean, WWE when she was in WWE, she was arguably the number one ratings draw. Despite someone saying he's a needle mover, she was the number one's rating draw at the time. Uh, yeah, and sh- her coming into AEW is not only going to be a huge ratings mover, but also going to be a huge upgrade to the women's division. Uh, another huge upgrade to the women's division. I think you're right. There's the question of belting her up immediately. It looks like if it is the forum show, she might be going through the Brit Breaker uh, sort of track at first, um, the classic track of f- first time stars. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe she goes into the belting up position. Uh, you know, you talk about Hater, but then you also talk about Jade. Uh, I think Jade is also there. She could be the one that beats Jade. I think that's, I think that's a, what you do, right? I think that's I, that's a really spot. good point. Yeah, I think that's an easy spot. I think you don't want to. Um, I think in terms of momentum, I think Jamie Hader has more momentum right now than Jade mm-hmm. Cargill. 
So I think now would be a good time to maybe get off the Jade train and move on to the money train. The Monet train. The Monet Uh, train. Look at that. Hire us. (laughs) Um, No, no, but then you make her the TV champ. That TBS title is the TV TV championship every Wednesday, every Friday. I mean, people will tune into that rampage if she's on those Fridays and watch her. Like, I think that would be a great point. It's a great, it's a great, if she's a ratings mover, putting her on Rampage, uh, yeah. someone that, you know, in that press conference that Tony Khan did about the Rampage numbers, or the Ring of Honor press conference they did, and had the question about mm-hmm. Rampage numbers, and saying, oh yeah, we have to look back at what worked. What worked was debuting Punk on Rampage, and then having yeah. him wrestle on Rampage. Having seen, yeah. Exactly you know, debuting, debuting her in the forum, let's say on a Rampage, in mm-hmm. a tag match, and then having her wrestle there could consistently make the rampage numbers better and more, you know, must see television. So I think that's a, a solid point about, you know, Hey, it worked before if punk, maybe we bring in, I Sasha think it Nate. would be even more of a ratings move with Sasha because she's even more of a contemporary mm-hmm. wrestler. You don't, you have, man, those Sasha fans on Twitter are nuts. Yeah. They are no offense. I'm, you know, they are, I, I shouldn't say nuts. They are rabid. So I think you would have a really good, you know, ratings bump for that show that that desperately needs. Uh, plus, you know, uh, I guess the not really elephant in the room, but just sort of the uh, just waiting outside in the waiting room. Naomi is also uh, so, somewhere out there. Presumably, her contracts end ends in yeah, January as Naomi. well. Uh, so you know, no news about her. We don't know of any dates that she's gotten for New Japan, but uh, she's she's out there. Watch her be the partner for Paige. That would, oh, that would be fantastic. Though she pops up out of nowhere. I mean, if you're well, a- here's go ahead. Here's the thing with Sasha. I think you know we've talked about this for months now, so it's like people may forget what I said once upon a time. But I said she is the biggest free agent you can add. Left, yeah. like she is the one that changes the game for you if you're aw because and i said that for all four horsewomen but sasha was always the top one mm. um mostly because i never saw becky leaving and the other two are not sasha so adding her in any form is a win even if she's not full-time because there's something with sasha i don't know if she's gonna be a full-time wrestler if she comes back because she seems to be doing a lot a lot that I don't understand. You know, she's modeling and she's in TV shows and mm-hmm. she's in movies. Maybe I don't know if she's in movies. That's just you get the point. She, yeah. you know, she's going a little Hollywood, not full Hollywood, but a little Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but any form of bringing in Sasha Banks is a win, and putting her against your top stars is what you should do. Whether that's Jade, yeah. whether it's Jamie, whether it's Tony. You know, whether whether it's Brit, even though I don't, you know, love that scenario every single time a new person comes in, it is a way to go. Uh, but she she is instantly your megastar, right? Tony yeah. Storm was a big ad for that women's division, but she wasn't Sasha Banks. No. Soraya was a good ad for that women's division, but she wasn't Sasha Banks. And that's the funny thing. That's why I think Sasha Banks should not be Soraya's tag uh, partner, because if anyone's going to come in and say, actually, I was the revolution, it's Sasha Banks. Yeah. It's not Soraya. So it'll be interesting to see, but 
Ryan, you might want to you might want to start finding another co-host. If I get my dream match, I'm retiring from this. Show. <laughs> You're retiring for wrestling altogether. <laughs> I, I I have been very open about it. if she wrestles Mayu Itani, I'm done. I'm yeah. see ya. I'm, I'm putting I'm hanging up my boots and I'm going away it's forever. Coming. That's my one dream match. And now that it's a possibility, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. What if she so doesn't not... wrestle Mayu, but she wrestles Mayu in the movie? <laughs> She wrestles Mayu in the Mayu bio biopic. That'd be a, that'd be weird. The bio would be wrong. <laughs> I guess that's right. I guess that's true. Um, uh, Wrestling Observer also announced their new additions to the Hall of Fame for this year. Um, the new additions include the Holy Demon Army tag team of Akira Tawe and Toshiaki Kawada, CMLL star Mystico, uh, New Japan stars Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, the Los Vianos, Viano, uh, the group, the family, the Los Vianos groups uh, from Mexico and Rollerball Mark Rocco, uh, along with promoters Lou Darrow and Johnny Doyle. Um, I noticed that there was a roughly 35% decrease in overall votership this year, uh, which is one of the reasons allowed some people like Mystico, for example, who, despite having the same number of votes year over year, had a higher percentage, which allowed him to get into the hall of fame um people close to the 60 percent car right uh no it's not sin cara it is the guy that it's the guy that replaced sin cara when sin carlo went to wb and then when <laughs> sin cara came back he is still mystico but sin cara is something else and then there's drillistico that's in there yeah. i think uh it's a whole thing um, so people that were close to the 6% vote this year, able to make into it were, uh, Rocco and Perez, Los Hermanos Dinamita and Sergeant Slaughter, all with 57% of the vote. The Briscoes had not the, uh, ring of honor tag team champions, but Jack and Jerry Briscoe with 53% of the vote and the British Bulldogs and the Steiner brothers with 52% of the vote. Other notable names, uh, were CM Punk with 41, Ishii with 38, Junker Dog also with 38, Roman Reigns with 31, Rossi Ogawa with 21%, Shingo Takagi with 21%, Becky Lynch with 20. Uh, a bunch mm. of people are off the ballot with lacks of votes, like the Rockers, now Michi Marafuji, New Age Outlaws, and then next year, John Moxley and Seth Rollins will be added back onto the ballot, uh, along with the Young Bucks and the Beauty Pair, um, who will be added to the ballot next year. So a lot of info I just gave to you, uh, Jared, as a Observer Hall of Fame, uh, as an observer reader, uh, how do you feel about these entrants uh, into I think the Hall of Fame? I think they're great. I think because there was a big um, controversy with Naito going in and CM Punk not. Yeah, it, this year. Twitter hated that. <laughs> Twitter hated and that for some. It reason. was like, like guys, like we got to take it's. It's not all one. Naito was in the Japan or the Asia category and CM Punk was not mm-hmm. Two, CM Punk arguably wasn't, you know, how many, how many times has he wrestled in front of 25, 40,000 people all like having these accolades in the ring, outside the ring and mm-hmm. being that, that much of a merch mover and everything like that. Like you have Naito consistently doing these things and Punk being out of it for that long. Mm-hmm. and you know the legacy being kind of tarnished recently with all the shenanigans and whatever and sure you know i everything i really i think everything's great um for this year i thought it was a fairly standard year next year will be very interesting with the young bucks 
I think the Young Bucks are a first ballot Hall of Fame tag team because, you know, they changed the game in so many ways with showing that you could make money outside of WWE. You mm-hmm. could, you know, with all the pro wrestling tees, all their merch and everything like that, they're for sure first ballot Hall of Famers. But other people are like, no, fuck their in-ring style. I don't want to, I don't want any part of them. So it's like, I don't know. What what do you what do you think? Are there any standout? I think Kota Ibushi's an interesting one. Why do you um, say that? I thought he was more interesting to me than Naito. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, go ahead. Ibushi. For, for first of all, Ibushi wasn't full time with New Japan until like three mo- years ago. Mm-hmm. When he signed the lifetime contract or whatever it was. Yeah, that uh, that expires at the end of this year. <laughs> <laughs> um. I just found him more interesting because I was like, okay, well, Naito, you know, he's just been the guy or one of the guys in New Japan for so long. So I thought he was a shoo-in. It was Ibushi mm-hmm. who I looked at and I said, well, you have to follow Ibushi's whole career, not in just New Japan, to really understand what he's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good that he got voted in because he has the accolades. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been. But when people started saying, I can't believe Naito got in and CM Punk didn't, I was like, you're picking Naito? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's of the one people? you decided to yeah. fight yeah. with because he wears a T-shirt in tactics? <laughs> Little do you guys know, CM Punk wore T-shirts once in a while in, ta- in matches, too. And don't get me wrong, I do think that CM Punk should get in eventually because of what he's done yeah. in both WWE, AEW, and Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't think that should mean Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito should be out by any means. Yeah. Um. And I understand that with what happened this year, I'm sure CM Punk lost a couple votes too. Um. But he'll creep in. He just needs to yeah. stay up. It's inevitable for him. Yeah. And like the rest of the way, I'm happy Becky Lynch isn't gone because there is a lot of historic, uh, moments and. You know, she's one of the first to main event WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and she's really the first woman that WWE ever got behind as their main star. There's, and and if you hear Dave give the um, case for her, it makes so much sense. Yeah. So I'm happy she's still at least in the running. Uh, Roman Reigns will get there too, I'm sure. I'm not really worried about him. He doesn't need to get in yet. Uh, but the, the punk Naito thing, I was just like, you picked Naito and not Ibushi. Like, what is it because Ibushi wrestled in WWE for two seconds, so you like him better? Like, is that why? Yeah. <laughs> is it because he's Kenny's friend? Is like mm-hmm. what, this must be the reasons. But uh, yeah, next year is going to be interesting. I think the Young Bucks will get in first bout as they should. Yeah. But you know they are very um, polarizing. So. Totally. Yeah. Young Bucks, multiple-time Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year, so much so that at a certain point, people started talking about, you know, much like the Luthez Award and much like the Ric Flair, uh, people started talking about, should we just rename this the Young Bucks Award? Because they had it, like, so many years in a row. Um, I, I think they're shoo-in. I, I think they're undoubtedly they'll, a shoo-in. Uh, I, I'm glad... They'll you- be the new version of the Okada where Meltzer will be like, if you don't vote for them, yeah, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're the group that's like they're undoubtedly a shoe in like Omega or Akata, which will then cause a another round of people being like, well, maybe I don't vote for the Young Bucks and vote for someone else and try to be like strategic with their votes and stuff. Yeah. 
because they're such a shoe in. But yeah, no, I think uh, they're easy shoe in. Um, I'm glad you brought up the consistency of Naito is that I think that you're, that's a good point. Whereas CM Punk um, in the past year has definitely been a ratings mover and merch mover, but it's only really been like a year versus Naito who has had multiple years of main mm-hmm. event level draw, merch mover, all those stuff for New Japan. Oh, yeah. So I think that's a great point to bring still. up. Still. Yeah, no, still. He, he I, has I, no clear path to Wrestle Kingdom, but it doesn't matter because he just yeah. sells t-shirts and everything like crazy and people lose their minds for mm-hmm. they'll never like as much as people want to say that naito shouldn't make because he wrestles tag team matches in a t-shirt guess what when he has the big match few people are better let alone now yeah but also in history he's that good yeah oh, uh, kenny omega did that all the time in new japan as well he did <laughs> he he, <laughs> he, did. he was known for having the uh the frilly trunk uh frilly uh the pants that he would use mm-hmm. as his uh not working pants um yeah no uh and then i also think just one of the point also like john moxley going back on the ballot i think is interesting he he wasn't voted in years ago uh and i was going back on the ballot i think that is an interesting one uh i I don't think seth around i think seth rollins has like less of a chance than like roman reigns um personally but i think john moxley yeah i think john reigns the top guy he's he's the needle mover uh, I think John Moxley is a very interesting conversation, especially with the past year or two, um, especially this year with the whole you know, punk debacle that created more of the John Moxley cementing himself as the ace of the company for AEW. Freakazoid. I think I think it is an interesting conversation to be had next year about John Moxley uh, and his potential to be a Hall of Famer. I think he'll certainly have a higher percentage. I don't know if he'll get in, but I think he'll certainly have a higher percentage than he had in the past. Um, so the Shield's in. an interesting case. Yeah, now that they're doing like yeah. factions and groups and stuff, the Shield isn't interesting. Maybe that is the way to get Roman, John, and Seth all in to the Hall of Fame. It's through the Shield. Well, if you look at them as a group and what they went on to do, it's like, well, how could they be out? But mm. if you look at them singular, it's like, well, that's an interesting conversation. I, I didn't think about that, but that is that is interesting. I'm going to ruminate on that a little bit. They changed WWE. Oh, yeah. Especially the early network years. Uh, Yeah, that's an interesting conversation. But yeah. Uh, So congratulations to all of those new Hall of Famers. Let's move on. Let's talk about... Let's actually review. Let's talk about some actual wrestling, fellas. Let's talk about Ring of Honor Final Battle. Uh, there was. You were going to say something else, weren't you? I accidentally wrote on my run sheet, "Death Before Dishonor." Yep, knew it. Uh, <laughs> you know me too well, Scotty. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, I think the biggest news coming out of Final Battle, first off, is the television news, uh, which is sort of maybe a disappointment for some, but uh, a win for others maybe. Uh, but it was announced, um, kind of. Uh, it will be a more formal announcement, uh, but. I guess actually the formal announcement did come in. But uh, Tony Khan is announcing the relaunch of Ring of Honor's Honor Club platform. Uh, This is the content provider, the streaming service that has been around for Ring of Honor for several years now. Um, But they relaunched it. Um, They relaunched around the website. When we were looking at the website, I remember last week on the episode, Scotty, that I was talking about, I was like, oh, Honor Club's here and it looks revamped and stuff. And so they've been sitting on it for like a week now. But they're redoing it. Along with that is the... Um, television show uh, for Ring of Honor is going to be on Honor Club, uh, 999 platform streaming service. 
Uh, it will be on there. We don't know exactly in terms of scheduling. It'll probably be sort of like a dark thing where they do the episode after or before something. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a separate thing there. But I'm guessing it's like a universal type taping. It could be that. That's not a bad what idea. What day of the week would you guys want a Ring of Honor show on? I don't know. I mean, that was a conversation to be had. But like it, now that it's on Honor Club, I don't care. You know, it's yeah. it's it's not like... You know, if it's on a streaming platform, that's one thing, but it's not like you're going to get like the day of, you know, you need those viewers in the moment to be watching live stuff. It's a streaming service. You're getting the money no matter what. It's a flat fee. Honestly, it does not matter. Tony Khan did say that maybe that there's hope to move it off of Honor Club eventually and maybe get Warner Media back in. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't not happening right now. But uh yeah, I don't know. I I don't really care. I, I you know if it's like a Monday, then cool. It used to be on Mondays, I think, um, or Saturdays. Or something. I I really liked it on Saturday afternoon. I yeah. really liked watching this pay per view yesterday. Oh yeah, and the uh, four o'clock, four o'clock. Spot. Well, it, it was it, one p.m. for me. It was a little sure, little early, but like that four to six area, I think like a Saturday show would be really cool mm-hmm. in there. But yeah. <laughs> It's not 10 p.m. on a Friday, which is nice. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's the good thing about Honor Club, right? Is that the fact that it's not on live television means that conversation of when would we have it? Would it be post SmackDown or post Rampage? Would it be uh, post Dynamite? Post Rampage would be bad. Post Rampage would be awful. That's like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, that would be awful. Um, you know, would it be like in the afternoon on a Saturday, you know, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot to try to figure that out with trying to avoid football and wrestle other wrestling and, you know, your own Warner media discovery, uh, stuff that you need. But yeah, Scotty, how do you feel about, uh, you know, more of us, obviously now more of the separation between church and state of AEW and ring of honor and ring of honor going on its own platform for honor club. I don't love it. Um, I think the problem here is that you're charging nine ninety nine for TV, essentially, mm-hmm. right? You're not charging because there are pay per views on here. You get a lot more subs, but there is they're ninety days after. It's not even like it's you know a week or a couple weeks. No, it is ninety days after. So I almost think they should have done a fight type deal, like yeah. their mm-hmm. AEW Plus thing. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I can't see a lot of people paying 10 bucks a month for Ring of Honor TV. Would I you, counter, counter, I have a question. Would you pay more to have maybe the pay-per-views either included or at a sooner thing? So, like, nineteen ninety nine a month with your pay-per-views included for the month or whatever? Probably, because pay-per-views are expensive yeah people are there i mean they're expensive so they're, you know i mean i they're not gonna well here's the also the the game you kind of gotta play right it's because they do quarterly pay-per-views that's what it looks like ring of honor will be doing um so you gotta you're gonna have to find a perfect medium now if you have like what impact does with the specials so say you have like the i don't know was this the twentieth anniversary this year? Yeah, for real. So say honor? next year, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, say they do like 
the 21st anniversary show is a honor club exclusive mm -hmm. live. Then you start to, you know, I think interest people a little bit more, but they're going to be paying for content. That's likely not live at all. Yeah. And that's tough. That's a tough sell because all these shows, if they're taped, guess what? We're going to know what happened. Yeah. So like, would you, that was the thing with the WWE network. This is where I'm taking from, right? NXT was just a great add on back then. Because they were taped, yeah. but it was still new content that also came with pay-per-views and the library. This comes with the library, but there's no live aspect of it. You need something live mm -hmm. to make people mm -hmm. want to join it. That's a good point. Plus, it's the same dollar amount that the network was, and the network yeah, 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 had a lot more. I found funny. So it was easy to content. compare. Yeah, they had a lot of back content, and plus live pay-per-views. Yeah, you had NXT specials, you had all the WWE pay-per-views. Um, but I get why you would keep them on pay-per-view with Warner brother. Cause you're, you're gonna make more money that way, but I can't, I can't see on our club succeeding that much. Yeah. I, I'm, I think it's definitely like a, a disappointment announcement coming from, uh, uh, from Tony Khan. I think it's definitely like a disappointment of like, Oh, we, we didn't get water media. But uh, Honor Club, I guess, is what we're doing. And I wonder if instead of holding out to maybe, you know, maybe in January we'll be able to get that. And, you know, maybe in the upfronts will be announced right. that or something. I wonder if this uh, decision from Tony Khan is a little bit of a reaction to people upset about Ring of Honor being on AEW television and saying, sure. okay, let's just separate it for the meantime and then come back to it. Um, whenever, you know, assuming we get a, some sort of television deal with Warner Media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Hopefully, hopefully they find a deal somewhere. Um, maybe this is their attempt to, all right, let's see, let's make some TV to sell, right? Because selling a product where you don't have a roster carved out. Or like that's why AW was able to sell a product. They had a roster carved out. They had the elite. Yeah. They had Jericho. That's really all you needed. This roster, it's like okay, we got the champions. That's we're, it. Are we looking at the <laughs> roster page again? Is this an, another uh, roster? Well, page they lost two roster members. Remember, because it was the Briscoes. Yeah. So last week we dove deep, Jared, into the the Ring of Honor roster page. Whoa, there's actually more people on here. There's actually more oh, people really? on here. Yeah, they added more people. What makes sense? We know we have Athena on here now. We got Brian Cage. We've yeah, they got, added all the champions. They got Mercedes was already on and there. They didn't get rid of the former champions. Uh, uh, they added Toa Leona. Uh, they added champion. Khan, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler Yuta. Champion. Champion. Yeah. Uh, but all the old champions are still on here, actually. Yeah, so that's neat. Jericho is still on here. FTR is now. still on here. Uh, Daniel Garcia Jericho is still in here. There so soon. <laughs> yeah, Mercedes and Samoa Samoa is the champion. Mercedes is still on here. So yeah, no, it's interesting. The roster page slowly, slowly becoming more and more. Maybe, maybe we'll move Jericho to the alumni section. The uh, the amazing alumni section that is the Ring of Honor roster page. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it is a little bit of a disappointment for Tony Khan's end. Uh, but uh, you know, I am probably still gonna watch it. I do like Ring of Honor. I really oh, like watch this. it. Yeah, I really liked Final Battle a lot. I I had the realization during it that, and I don't know if you guys felt the same, but to me, it 
kind of had like a feeling of like early AEW uh, shows for me, like the sort of, uh, you know, those pay-per-view shows that they small little pay-per-view shows that he did. It kind of had that feel for me of just like, you know, the crowd being sort of behind everything, even if it wasn't too good, the crowd was behind it. Um, uh, a very welcoming crowd in that sense. The action being there, uh, some great stuff on, on the main event level. Um, just, I, it felt, I felt really into the show. I really like Ring of Honor as a brand a lot. What did you guys think of the overall final battle show, Jared? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was uh, definitely worth my money. Um, that's kind of how I approach most of these now that I'm that we're paying for. I'm not just getting them on the network. I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, um, I didn't really know kind of what to expect. Um, I, I, but I had a really good time. I got a pizza, had a real, you know, had some soda, watched some pro wrestling on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything, I don't think there was like a terrible match at all. Any, anywhere close to a, like a bad match um even the zero hour i had a lot of fun during that zero hour yeah. and um you know there's something to be said about a real tight what was this like a three what was it like three hours was it four hours three or four hours i think it was three hours uh yeah there's yeah. something to be said well, about a review itself was three okay yeah so four like hours a real tight hour. three hour pay-per-view mm-hmm. i am all for that Versus, like, sometimes these AEW shows on can get a little long in the tooth. Yeah. And I can only imagine for you guys on the East Coast that it's just getting to be, like, 11, 12 at night, and you're just like, guys, what are we doing here? Oh, and... yeah. Well, for our – Scotty and I have talked about this several times for our, our post-AEW pay-per-view uh, Patreon content. Uh, recording at midnight. Recording at yeah, 1 that's, in the morning. That, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get in, get out, do your thing. And I think that I will be much more willing to watch that than, you know, some of these like long, like even Wrestle Kingdom. Like when I, t- so I always take the day off of work when I'm a teacher. Um, luckily, we have winter break during Wrestle Kingdom this year, but I always took Wrestle Kingdom off to watch. That show gets real rough when it's like, you know, oh gosh, another Bullet Club. <laughs> tag team tag. at 3 30 in the morning you're just like i just want to see the double Kenny. nights were tough yeah the double nights were tough yeah i just i just want to see the main event please yeah, yeah. um house of torture the word <laughs> anyway anyway tortured you if you will um what do uh i mean of course the the what were some standouts to you i mean the other dog collar match was well, let's was, go through it let's go through it let's yeah, start yeah. with the main event because that you know that was the main event uh claudio castagnoli defeated chris jericho for the ring of honor i'll call match for last yeah we'll save that for last that little that icing on top yeah uh That's claudio good. castagnoli defeated chris jericho for the ring of honor world title um uh he was no long he's not joining jas he is not going to become part of the hat trick uh a group of two, <laughs> a group of two people um you would think a hat trick would need a third person but uh you know that's fine that's fine uh but he's not joining the hat trick um claudio is uh the new world title holder for ring of honor and a very interesting finish that i think was a little controversial on the internet as well uh, scotty what did you think of this match and what did you think of the finish with uh jericho tapping out of the giant swing 
It's a very good match. The only problem is I've seen it before. Mm. Um, I I just so like, especially after the dog collar match, I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, this show should really be ending right now. Yeah, <laughs> I and I felt bad for everyone that had to follow it. Um, my poor guy Juice always has to be in the tough spots on these shows. Yeah. Um, but it was a good match. That's the thing. Like it was a good main event. The crowd was into it. I got into it, but I didn't care who won. I think that was the problem. Like I wasn't invested enough to care who walked out as winner because I've been watching this feud for eight months. And to me, it's like, all right, this needs to be the end, which it is. Thank God. But at the same time, especially now in retrospect that they didn't get a TV deal with Jericho as champion. Yeah. Um, it almost is like, all right, what was, what was all that for? Jericho had a great run as champion. Um, but I watched Claudia win this title at the last two Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Give him a run. Let's get to Ring of Honor TV. Like, this title, more than any of the other titles in Ring of Honor, I feel like has needed TV, if that makes sense. Because with me, the other titles, you can do certain things without it. But the world title is that's your title. You need to focus on it. The tag titles benefited from just an all time feud. The women's title, I mean, Mercedes got hurt, so it's not nothing to blame there. But Athena was doing work to build that up. Samoa Joe's just, you know, double champion, so that's fine. Um, trios belts for trios belts. Who cares? And is that it? Is that all the titles? I think I, I, I think, think, so. got I think maybe. Um, but I think the world title needs a story, and I just never cared enough about the story um, between these two anymore because, I, like I said, I've seen these two wrestle three different times now in title matches. I know the Fatal 4-Way was different, but it is what it is. And I liked the finish. I thought the finish was very smart, very cool, because it's like, yeah, obviously I don't want to get spun anymore. I'm I'm gonna tap out. I thought it was a very creative, very cool finish. Everyone that got mad about it, whatever. You know, people like to get mad. Yeah. Jared, what do you think of the match? Hot take. I think the big swing is overrated and overdone. Well, I agree to that too, though. Yeah. No, like because like it's not as big a pop for me as it once was. Yeah. It's it's like when you do that every match. I I think tapping out to it was unique. I think that mm-hmm. was cool mm-hmm. but like that's totally a jericho man. idea by the way 100 uh, well, i can see jericho be like what if i tap out of it and they're like how how would he tap out of it he's like well i'll try to hit my hand on the ground every once in a while um but yeah i i sky hit the nail on the head like the story was just kind of there for me i had run out of energy <laughs> since the dog collar match like and yeah poor poor joe and juice like they had to follow that I, I I understand why you have to have the world championship at last because you want to do the celebration and everything like that. But damn, that dog collar match yeah. uh, really stole that thunder. Yeah. In hindsight... It's the same thing that the first Briscoe's FTR match did. That's correct. I remember that because that match was like third to last or second to last or something like that. It was somewhere middle, late middle of the show as well. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, if it's not the main event, I would have almost been like, just make it the first match. But maybe yeah. knowing that it's going to be a, 
uh, five star match for several people. Maybe it was well. the fourth uh, to final match. So yeah, by the way, so there you go. Yeah, it's uh, I you know maybe in hindsight you maybe put it higher up the card maybe so that people can come back around later. Uh, but I totally get that idea of like you start f- falling uh, a little bit because it's it was too high of a high. You hit your you hit your peak. You hit your climax too too quickly. Um, and then it suffered like the ring of honor world TV title match with Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson. I thought this match was good. I thought this match was well worked, but I get what you're saying that coming off the high, that is the Briscoes match. You're like, all right, juice is not winning. Samoa Joe is winning. We know how this is. King of television, yada, yada, yada. We're moving on. Yeah, that, that was the problem. Uh, juice just never had a shot. Had juice had a shot because we saw a flash of babyface juice in this match mm-hmm. that was really good. Mm-hmm. It's just like okay, well he has no shot because like unless Warlow walks down here and distracts Joe, yeah, Juice isn't winning. And I figured that wasn't going to happen because it wasn't Tony Khan's AEW show, so mm-hmm. they weren't going to uh, probably have Warlow on this one. But it was a good serviceable match. You know, it wasn't offensive, and the crowd was into it, which was actually shocking to see, because I thought they, much like myself, were going to be like, all right, whatever, move on. Do you think this match yeah. would have had more uh, oomph behind it if it was Joe versus Wardlow? <laughs> no, but that's because I'm out on Wardlow. So. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, what do you think? I mean, Jerry, what do you think? Um... Yeah, man, they worked hard. I think the match would have been way better with five minutes cut off of it. Yeah. By the end of it, I was just going like, oh, this is still going. Oof. 13 minutes. started off the show. Yeah, if it started off the show, I think it would have been killer. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, we'll get to it, but that tag match was weird. Yeah. Especially, especially that. <laughs> well, that, was, that was that family, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think if it started off the show, it would have been a heater. Like, I think it would have been real cool. Get everybody going. Everybody would have been up for it. Um, it was a weird spot. It was just, yeah, just the death spot. Whatever this you put like there. felt like a perfect spot for the trios match. Yeah, I think so. Um, because everybody, I, I personally, I love Dalton Castle. I think he yeah, people would have got in there. Yeah, and, you know, him and the boys would have carried that. And even if they didn't, I think... They would have popped for the the spots that were good, and then just kind of been quiet for the rest, and then gotten back up for the final. And mm-hmm. I think the match ordering, yeah, really helped, really hurt this this match. I agree that like if you had the six men in here, Dalton Castle and the boys, maybe it would have been tough to begin with, but I think they would have with enough of their hijinks yeah. gotten to the point with their hijinks, and then like the crazy athleticism of the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. <laughs> I think yeah. it would have eventually got the audience into a bigger spot, which also would have helped the main event. So maybe that would have been a better idea. The there. crowd was still into it. It's just it would have been even more into it had it been at any other spot on the show. That's fair. We'll skip the dog collar match for right now. We'll circle well, back go, to that. Go to the top now. Go, go to the top, top, top to top? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, AR Fox, Blake Christian versus Drillistico and Rich. Hey, now. Hey, now. You're skipping zero hour. Oh, my. You want to go tippy top. You want to go tip, tip top with zero, zero hour. hour. Had a great match. All right, let's talk zero hour then. Two Jeff, great matches. Jeff Two Cobb matches. versus Mas- Mascara Dorado. Mascara? Mascara? That's not Dorada. 
yeah Mer- mascara doesn't sound right grand metalique grand yeah. grand metalique uh <laughs> i Rose. i thought this match was a lot of fun uh i was watching uh this on my phone at the time and when dorada did the um uh the i forget what the, the tope cone hello i think it's called where he, you know, he's doing the running and then doing the like dive swanton over the top rope, yeah. but then mid air turns a, a bunch of times in mid air. Yeah, and then like, yeah. I don't think I've seen that live or not even you know in a match, and I was dumbfounded. I like literally like <laughs> like exclaimed out loud. I was like, "Holy crap!" And Jesse was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "You gotta see this. You gotta see this wrestling move." Uh, it, it was insane just to see the, that sort of level of body control. Uh, but it really popped off big for that, and I really enjoyed this match. What do you guys think? Yeah, I completely agree. I um, Jeff, I love watching Jeff Cobb throw dudes around. He's like my most fun like power move dude. Yeah. Um, the few times I saw him in PWG teaming with Matt Riddle were so fun, just because both of those guys can do it but like seeing like live in person jeff cobb just throw a guy up in the air and then catch him and then it's it's the most fun you can have watching wrestling um the stylist class was really good i think yeah i think they hit their spots they did a real good job and massacre de dorada or grand metalique whatever he walks those ropes effortlessly he didn't do too much here but like when he has like a longer match and does his rope walking spots they're amazing yeah i totally agree um let's move on to the next match which was the jericho appreciation society angelo parker and matt menard as they announced though as cool hand and daddy magic uh on their uh little graphic there versus the shinobi shadow squad cheeseburger and eli isom scotty i know you and i like eli isom a lot and think he has a lot of potential uh, but how do you think he did here against Parker and Menard? This was the worst match on the entire show. Dang. <laughs> Dang. So not good? <laughs> so you like, yeah. Well, no, I thought they did fine. It was just a match, though. That's the problem. Like, I, didn't, I didn't care. Sure. At all. <laughs> it was It was a match <laughs> to be had. It wasn't their fault, right? It was It was the Colt Cabana match from last show that they had at uh, before Dishonor. Mm-hmm on there to take up some time it definitely uh, felt like a match yeah. to uh build to the the top flight interaction later in the show which maybe that's like establishing the tag division for ring of honor i don't know what do you think jared i think i am on uh a record as saying that 2.0 are two of the best signings that tony khan ever did because mm-hmm. i'm a weirdo <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and like and love them yeah um but yeah, it it definitely was the worst match of the night because it was just like just kind of a regular tag match. They kind of got lost there in a little bit in the middle. Um, but man, whenever Daddy Magic talks, it's just the funniest, yeah, crazy coked out wrestler from the eighties <laughs> that you could ever get. <laughs> and and Cool Hand Ange out there looking like he's trying to cosplay Mal from Firefly. Um, but um. Yeah, it, it it was not great, but I will always watch those two guys and just laugh. So I, I had an okay time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next match here was Willow Nightingale versus Trish Adora with Willow getting the win here. Uh, love seeing Trish Adora pop up on these shows. I think she's a, 
a good signing if she is signed. Jared, you're sporting some uh, some hand signs there. How'd you feel? About Hell yeah, signing? I love Will Nightingale. You strap a rocket to her. You, okay, first off, if Mercedes Monet is coming in, she needs the title. She needs to be the bad guy heel mm-hmm. that Willow Nightingale goes against. Ooh. It would be money because we or, or saw Monet or Monet. Oh, sorry, yeah, it would be <laughs> Monet. Sorry, but we saw in NXT that Bailey run when she was going against Sasha. Those two worked a legit heel babyface program that I think Willow Night- Will Nightingale has that magnetism that when you watch her you're you're instantly smiling from her intro music to the moves she does in the ring to everything it's it's incredible that you have this kind of person that you can throw up against like this this awful dastardly heel Mm -hmm. and i think if sasha's coming in you belt her you make her like this this despicable heel persona and you have it's it's just it'd be perfect yeah. i don't know that's just me it's not a bad not a bad pitch not a bad pitch it's gonna be tough boo and sasha at first but i think eventually for sure eventually oh, that's yeah. the idea and you know two years down the line maybe you got willow v uh mercedes uh in there uh scotty did you have any thoughts about this match that was really solid. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I think Willow should be the one to beat Jade. Like, I, I'm very confident with that. Um, yeah. You know, Sasha makes sense in a lot of ways, but Sasha's also bigger than any title, if that makes sense. Sure. Totally. She doesn't necessarily need to win it. You have someone beat Jade. That's the biggest win of their career, unless it's Sasha Banks or Bert Baker or Tony Storm. Um, so I think Willow's definitely the one to go with, and the fans love her, so why not? And Trisha Dora looked good, too. That is a good point. If you want to have someone beat Jade, maybe the idea is to, you know, Sasha beating Jade would be like, all right, but someone beating Jade would put them on the map. So maybe that is a good point of having it be someone else not like Sasha, but more of like a Willow type. Um, or maybe Chris Statlander whenever she comes back. Um, the quote-unquote made event of Zero Hour uh, was Dante Martin, Darius Martin, uh, against Taven and Mike Bennett. I thought this match was a lot of fun. There were some hiccups here and there with uh, Top Flight, um, with uh, Dante having a little hiccup on a, on a high spot, and then uh, the finish being a little wonky, but they eventually got to it and it looked great. Uh, what did you guys say? I know, Scotty, I'm, I'm guessing you really like this match a lot. My second favorite match of the show. Ooh, hot damn. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought the kingdom shut up a lot of people mm-hmm. who said, why do we, why is AEW signing the kingdom? Why are you signing the kingdom? Listen, listen. If you only know Matt Taven from his world title run, then I understand your complaints, okay? I get it. But Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are a very good tag team. Mm-hmm. Me and Ryan have sung the praises of their match with the Briscoes from last year at Final Battle. Yeah, it was my... Uh, it was, I nominated that as my uh, match of the year for uh, the Count Out Year End Awards, which are coming yes, up. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And they gave Top Fight the best match of their young careers as a team, in my opinion, at least. I thought this was better than the FTR one they just had a few weeks back. I thought 
you know, yeah, they had the slip up at the end where Dante, you know, didn't fully hit the rope. But, I mean, he just came crashing down on them, thankfully, you know, because he doesn't go for a flip or anything usually on that. Mm-hmm. He literally just does the stand-up thing. So it's okay. But the action was exciting. The kingdom proved that they deserve to be respected. And Top Flight got a huge win. I think uh, both of these teams should be a lock for the Ring of Honor tag team conversation moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, bringing the Kingdom in are a good group. I think they're weirdly underrated, the Kingdom. Mm. Uh, And I think that's mostly because people see Taven and they think of the Madison Square Garden show of Taven winning the title. Um, Which, you know, know, in some ways I don't blame them, but uh, I think the Kingdom as a group, as a tag duo, are a fantastic team. uh, And I I would love to see more of them. And I hope that them, I think Top Flight is an interesting group if they join Ring of Honor. uh, You know, Matt Menard and Angela Parker, I think, is also an interesting group. Uh, We'll see it eventually if they update the roster page some more uh, of non-champions. But, you know, I think it's it's a fascinating uh, idea to have all those people in the roster page. And this match was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Jared, what did you think of the match? Yeah, it was very solid. I uh, did his job, I think, of establishing these two teams uh, for the tag division. I think Top Flight is going to have a lot better opportunities in the Ring of Honor tag division um, and have some really good matches. Um, Count Me is one of the person who only really knew Matt Taven from his world title run. Um, so uh, he's absolutely pleasantly surprised me, uh, tagging with Mike Bennett. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's good. It's good that, um, Maria and Mike are getting work and seem to, uh, have Tony Khan's ear on the women's division. I'm interested to hear, see what, uh, that's going to bring out too. Totally agree. Totally agree. Let's talk about final battle proper. Uh, starting off the show was that tag match, AR Fox and Blake Christian versus Drillistico and Roosh. Uh, Jared, you talk about how this match was a little wonky, and yeah, I totally agree, uh, especially the finish there. Uh, what did you think of this match? I mean, yeah, I mean, the only thing to talk, I mean, AR Fox is great. Every, everybody in the match is a good worker, yada, yada. But that finish, <laughs> uh, is AR Fox okay? Like, they like <laughs> belted that dude with a chair. Yeah. Like really hard in the end. Like Drillistico is going to Drillistico mm-hmm. or that family's going to that family and, and, you know, try to get their heat back. I, do we know whether it was like a botch by the ref or like was that the finish or regardless, it was like very uncomfortable at the end to where everybody online was going, uh, it, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, no one really asked that question in the presser, uh, so we don't don't really know what the plan there was or what was supposed to happen. But it was uh, the beatdown definitely got their heat back. Uh, definitely got their heat yeah, back in that beatdown. I'll down. say, uh, holy crap! Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I do agree that it was like I, I thought it was like a fine match. I think Jurlistico was a little awkward in the match. I, I think Dragon Lee and Roosh were a better duo in a way with Andrade than Jurlistico and Roosh. Um, but you know, it was fine, I guess, you know, I did like the mm-hmm. idea that like, oh, okay, we're having sort of AAA and CMLL, uh, uh, groupage, uh, in here, um, uh, with, uh, Dorada and I guess kind of Roosh, not really Roosh anymore. 
uh, and then Drillist to go in AAA. I thought that was interesting. But yeah, no, this match uh, didn't quite work, but uh, it ultimately uh, got a little wonky there. Scotty, did you have any thoughts on the match? No, I barely remember it. Just funny. <laughs> Besides the Perfect. finish. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Next Pretty match much. was the Ring of Honor Women's World Title match, and it was Athena who defeated Mercedes Martinez. Big pop for the hometown crowd. Uh, her mother was uh, in the audience. Her father there in the audience as well. Um, you know, uh, I thought this match. I, I thought this match for me was a li- also a little wonky. Um, I you know it's the the how do I say this? It was a, it was I felt it was better than the Athena Jade match, but it had a similar vibe to the Athena Jade match. If if you catch my drift, I don't know, Jer- yeah. Jared. What do you think? I. I'm glad that Athena got it. I think that was the right winner. Mercedes Martinez is not great in my mind. Like she's neither here nor there for me, mostly kind of negative. I don't really want to talk bad, but I I all of her matches to me have been super sloppy. I'm glad Athena got in there. But can we talk about how Athena probably needs to change that finisher soon? Because she's not gonna be able to walk in about ten years. No, no. Matt Hardy should be in her in her ear and be like, Hey, hey, yeah. don't do don't do hey. that stop landing doing a, essentially a top rope stunner yeah and landing on your freaking hips yeah. every night and you know you see matt hardy walking hulk hogan can't even walk and he just did a regular um leg drop, leg drop every night and it like i always i always just kind of cringe when i see her i, I just feel mm-hmm. like she, she someone needs to be like hey pump the brakes a little bit or whatever but uh yeah i I think it was fine it i would have i would have liked to see and i think it was a weird detriment because of the hometown crowd i would yeah. have liked to see more of the healing from athena okay, in this yeah. match um but i think because it was a hometown crowd it a sort of for for went for went that i guess for instead of forego for went the past <laughs> tense. uh i feel like they sort of for went that uh, uh just to get you know just so that we know okay she's gonna be the face we kind of have to tone that down a little bit, but I really, I, cause I've liked the healing from Athena. It just, I wish there was maybe more of it in this match. Scotty, did you have any thoughts? Um, happy Athena one. Cause I'm kind of with you guys on the fact that Mercedes hasn't really been great this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm and Athena's deserving of the title. I think, and on the on the uh when it comes to the finish or the eclipse or whatever she calls it now, um it should be like her super finisher. Mm. Like just you know, you just pull it out when you really need it, but she can beat she doesn't need to do it in like every single match where, you know, she's beating someone like not in the title match. <laughs> yeah. Like it should be her title match type finisher. That's what a lot of uh other wrestlers have these days that that secondary finisher especially if it's high risk like that so that you don't have to take a toll on your body mm-hmm. uh, i think that'd be good for her so i'm right there with you guys and the match was it was fine it wasn't uh anything super special but i thought athena kept it together yeah i think especially if she's going heel mode maybe uh the idea of changing up the finisher to be more brutal maybe that's the idea uh, tag team match here, Swerve Around Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Shane Taylor Promotions, J.D. Griffey and Shane Taylor. Uh, boy, howdy. You know, everyone 
uh, cried at home on Twitter about uh, uh, how Shane Taylor was presented on AEW television and then brought on stage. Uh, but uh, b- boy, howdy, was the crowd behind Shane Taylor for this one. Uh, obviously, great entrance, great music from Shane Taylor. And they were super into Shane Taylor uh, throughout the match. Obviously, he has a little bit of a, a, a Texas. I don't know if he's from Texas specifically, but um he's from ohio but he has he has wrestled a lot in texas uh but the crowd was super behind him they were super behind the keith lee shane taylor story um they were super into it um i thought that shane uh and jd griffey I, I thought jd griffey to me stuck out like a sore thumb a little bit in this match um and i think that uh shane strickland did a good job um you know then sold the uh, oh i'm leaving uh, and then Keefley ultimately getting the win still. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I thought this match was good. I thought this match, the crowd was really into it. I just would have liked it if, you know, maybe instead of J.D. Griffey, maybe we put in like an O'Shea Edwards type. Uh, I would have liked maybe to see that more. Or maybe we bring in Moses. Remember Moses? Uh, maybe we can't bring in Moses because of Khan. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What, Scotty, what did you think of uh, this match between uh, Swerve and Glory and uh, J.D. Griffey and Shane Taylor? Um, it was better than I probably ever expected it to be because I Forget. didn't know who JD Griffey was, or and when I saw him show up, I was like, "Oh, all right." Because someone someone had a great tweet. They said, "Nothing I love more than a guy that dresses up like an MMA fighter and is not good at that style." Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, the the energy that carried this match a lot i think but like the taylor and keith lee stuff was great you know swerve's outstanding obviously i mean i you know i talk about his work every week that i can that he's on here but dude's so good right he's so good he's a special guy and him walking away good way to continue the story and it's even better to continue the story by having keith lee win unlike when Keith Lee walked away and Swerve lost. Mm. Kind of makes Swerve start thinking like, yeah, maybe I'm the weak link because we still won. Uh, I think it's a good way to play up the story, and I'm interested in this story. You have a big match set for Revolution down the line because they're going to keep playing it, I'm sure, until then. That's that's true. I didn't think about that, about that aspect of uh, when I walked away, you lost, but when you walked away, I won. Not just like Shane thinking he's the weakest link, but uh, Keith Lee thinking... Yeah, maybe I don't need Swerve. Screw this guy. <laughs> I, I can still win the match. Yeah, that's that's right. a good thought. That's a good story point thought. Jerry, what do you think of this? I want the Lee and Swerve feud to kind of just come to a culmination. I don't want to have to wait till Revolution for it to happen. I want them to have their match and be done. Mm-hmm. I think strictly. I think Swerve is too good to kind of be they're both too good to have this feud keep going and keep going i want to see swerve either in in the title picture or in one of the title pictures for the all atlantic or something because mm-hmm. like you know scott and you have said he is so good yeah swerve is unbelievable bring back rick ross Get yeah, give Rick Ross, uh, you know, free reign to be his manager. No, but um, I, yeah, but yeah. I, I was Tony Khan. I love bringing a Mercedes. Maybe you bring in a Bushi in the new year too. You got to bring in Rick Ross. You got to keep him there. 
that whole like accusation like whole little thing it was it was amazing yeah so but yeah i um i think keith lee is also is another one that could be uh is a phenomenal singles athlete and um i don't know have him go after the tnt in there have the have just have the tnt battle title be the big boys title yeah. have you know do something like that um i think the, while they were great as a tag team and this i like this story i think it's getting a little long on the tooth for that's just for me but i wouldn't mind them blowing it off at a having a really good pay-per-view match what if they never have the match and uh, Tony Khan separates them onto two different rosters? Totally fine. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that because then this would have been like, okay, Lee, I could do it by myself. And Swerve was like, screw you. I don't need you. Yeah. Boom. Done. Going to ROH. Yeah. I wouldn't want one of them to be an ROH because I think they're both too good for that. I don't know. In my mind, ROH would, because there's no one really in my, like, who who's there that's on their level i don't think really anybody even claudio is either one would be a better champion i think than claudio but that's just me <laughs> i wouldn't put him on it i wouldn't put him on roh either i think you can have them dip their toe in there once in yeah a while, but they should be aw town especially swerve i think he's proven that and yeah I think he's well on his way yeah, I, I only say revolution because this is Tony Khan. Come on, guys. Like, we, <laughs> we know he's stretching this out. <laughs> this true. is this is what he does. He stretches everything out. Um, yeah, most definitely. It would be a good match to uh, put on that New Year's Smash show, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a little soon, but yeah. Um, you have that. You have enough belts. So you can't do Battle of the Belts. But I, was, I would probably. For, I was going to say Forbidden Door. Maybe we'll, we'll put them on two different rosters and then do it at Forbidden Door down the line. Oh yeah, we'll really stretch it out. We'll talk. We'll do Blue <laughs> Ring of Honor AEW Forbidden Door. Yeah, I don't it'll know. just be called Open Door because they just go back and forth. Or or they'll change Forbidden Door to uh, War of the Worlds. Remember that old uh, brand? Name? Oh, I love that. I love those shows. We'll do that. Uh, Six man tag team titles were on the line between Embassy and Dalton Castle and the Boys. It was the Embassy, uh, Brian Cage, Toa Leona, and Bishop Khan that end up getting the win here. We sort of talked about a little bit the that this was a little fun match here, a little high-paced action and uh, athletic shenanigans all abound uh, in this match here. Uh, but I thought I really liked this match. Um, I, I think I like this more than cage match people did. They get 5.8 uh, out of 10. So I think that's real low uh, that I think. But what did you guys think of this match? 5.8? That is low. Yeah. I, that's a solid 7 for me. Slot this anywhere on the card, and I think... It would be good, and preferably before the main event, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it was just kind of the, the problem with this match for me. It was like, all right, let's just come on, come on. I like, I, I know who's winning here. Yeah, come totally. On. Like, I, that was probably the only problem. I think Dalton Castle obviously did great in his role. I think the boys did great. I think everyone did great. It's just the problem that you have when it, it's these two teams is like. Well, we know the plan is to put this belt on the embassy. Like sure. that is that has been the direction since they put these guys together. Obviously, it's, it hasn't been the prettiest road to get here, but this has been the path for them yeah. uh, all along. So it's good to get them um, titled up. Castle should be a key part of Ring of Honor moving forward. Um, but I keep featuring them on AEW from time to time until then. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. 
Ring of Honor Pure title, Wheeler Yuta defeated Daniel Garcia to win that title back. Uh, the final battle in their feud as well. That sort of JAS uh, Blackpool Combat Club feud. Um, I thought this was really good. Uh, I thought this was better than their, I think it was their last match, which was the Dynamite main event, um, where Garcia won the title. I thought this match was a little bit better than that. Um, they won the title at Death Before Dishonor. I don't remember. I, I feel like I remember because wasn't that uh, Daniel Garcia win in Buffalo? I vaguely remember oh, I think he went right. Buffalo and then the stream was right. going down. You're right. You're right. What was what was the death before Dishonor? They did wrestle each other. Maybe right? that was the first match in their feud. I believe that Maybe. might have been the first match. I don't know. Because um, uh, the first Ring of Honor show was uh, Wheeler Yuta winning the title against uh, uh, Josh Woods in a uh, stinker in my opinion. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this match I thought was a lot better. I really liked this match. I liked, you know, there may be some cheese board uh, borders that uh, hate the pure division that despise it and say, this isn't wrestling. Uh, but I'm, I, I've been a person that has gotten into it. I think when you have people that truly understand the pure rules, it's very fun match. Uh, and I think Yuta and Garcia do understand the pure rules. Um, I think the idea of immediately using their closed fists uh, was a fun little trope there. And then uh, Danny Garcia forcing Yuta to use rope breaks um, by like doing submission holds to him and stuff while he's on the ropes, I think is a fun little spot. And forcing him into the position of being the underdog, I think ultimately using the rules as a way of storytelling and being that underdog is a fun way. I always love the pure rules when it's worked like that. Uh, and so I really like this match. I really like this match a lot. What do you guys think? It was my favorite match of the night. Of the um, night night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of the night night. Really? Because, because three things. Um, Number one. Three things. One, Number one, they presented the pure rules how they should be. There was a counter on screen. Mm-hmm. There were the three rope breaks or, or whatever that they had on the bottom. And it was a... It, it, and I think every pure rules match before that, that they've had on a WTV or whatever has not had that. And it makes the rules accessible for everybody who doesn't know them. So then they're into it. Yeah. You know, like how many times the, everyone's just going like, wait, what the fuck is a pro pure rules match? And then they have all those rules and you got to be like, okay, well, what the fuck? You know, we don't have Howard Finkel out here telling us about the Royal Rumble rules or yeah. the pure rules. Yeah. You know, um, but when you have that kind of stuff on there, it's accessible to everybody. Everybody gets into it. And then at least they have an understanding of boom, something happened. Boom, that light went out. Okay, I can correlate that. And it's not just random timers and whatever on the screen. Second one. We'll get to random timers on the screen shortly. Yeah. Second time. Second thing is the story that they were telling. I only it only became my favorite match of the night after i listened to observer radio and that the story was they were coming up on the time limit mm-hmm. yeah. and the announcers didn't say any of that and i was like oh whoa like to me while it was a while it was a great match realizing that they that yuda was like pulling out all the stops at the end to end him made it even better and three is the one that you said immediately use their closed fists and then garcia forcing him to do those rope breaks was such a smart kind of innovative thing that i hadn't seen before Mm -hmm. that i I, that i really really enjoyed also a bonus like is that 
Danny Garcia is such a good dirt bag. He's just <laughs> such a gross dirt bag that you're like, oh, like I hate him, but I love him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And you're right, because if I'm not mistaken, the pure rules are a 15-minute time limit. Yeah. Uh, this match was 14 minutes and 52 seconds. It was yeah. right there at the at the at the drop. So yeah, no, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying that the that they they utilize the rules well. And then, you know, if you don't understand the rules, you don't like the rules. I get it, but uh, I you know totally. when you understand the rules, they it, it creates a new level of appreciation uh, for wrestling style. Uh, Scotty, do you have any thoughts about this match between Yuta and Garcia? My my dislike for pure rules has grown over this past year Mm -hmm. we know this right because of josh woods (laughs) (laughs) and his boring matches however this was one of the better ones um because they like like you guys said they played the rules up right they they used the rules but they didn't make them hurt the match i think that's a lot of what i've seen with pure rules matches like no, no offense to Jonathan Gresham, but like that's oh my god, all the offense to Jonathan Gresham. Can I yeah. say that? That's because <laughs> yeah, I'm. The, that. I'll take the heat on that because I'm the guest. All the offense towards Jonathan <laughs> like, Gresham. His, his match has always suffered because they made it all about the rules. Mm-hmm. The rules are there to help a match in some ways or enhance a match. Though when it was his matches, they just brought it down because that's the only focus. And it's just grappling and grappling. No, they played to the rules. They had a professional wrestling match that just happened in a pure rules match. That's and, what they did. And they had the that's rules. They had the rules guide the story. Yes, yes. What a what a simple idea. Rather than <laughs> uh, like, I just I enjoyed this match very much. Probably my second or third favorite of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really good wrestling between two guys that really get it. That really get each other. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope now is that Daniel Garcia can go on to do some bigger things because it looked like he was mm-hmm. doing that a few months ago. They stopped. He's he's ready. He's ready to make the leap out of Ring of Honor now in AEW presumably, and go do something. Uh, because he's ready. He's 24 years old, but he's one of the uh, fastest rising stars. It's funny. At the end of last year, I wasn't all the way in on Daniel Garcia. This year has won me over big time and i think uh i think this is a good way for him to end it i i can't i completely agree completely agree let's talk about the icing on the cake of this show which was the ring of honor world tag team title double dog collar match uh the briscoes defeated ftr to win back those world tag team titles uh and what was a <laughs> bloody brawl uh that wrestled all around the arena uh, essentially two single matches that just were unbelievable. The spots in here, I was terrified. Um, uh, Scotty made a great point that I definitely want to highlight about the the table or table spot, quote unquote, in this match. Yeah. Um, and I'll let you talk about that in a second. But I thought this match was fantastic. For me, I, I, I babied out. I like this match more. Uh, I, I like the Super Carter, Super Carter of Honor match more than this match. But it's like. That's five stars. This is four and three quarters. And then uh, Death Before Dishonor was four and a half. So it's like, it's all right there. Uh, so any other day might change. But I, this match I thought was a bloody affair. The only thing that took me out of it was uh, Dex doing his uh, headbutt of doom with the steel around his head. Yeah. And just could not get it to work. And like, Dex, 
stop it, man. Just come stop the spot. You're not doing it. And you can't get it at all. Uh, and then he just held it like an idiot. And that, that took me out of it. But ultimately, I thought it was a great match. Scotty, what did you think of this match? I mean, we just we saw one of the greatest trilogies in wrestling history complete. That That is what we saw. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I think this match for me probably was better than the first because it was a struggle. It was a culmination of that first match and that second match. And we had moments from that first match and second match throughout this match. We saw the struggles of FTR from this year and how it kind of came down to, all right, well, the Briscoes, not only are the Briscoes somewhat trying to defend Ring of Honor in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. because, right, this this is the thing with FTR, and this is why I think their matches work so well. All these rumors about them possibly going to WWE, it actually aids them in a lot of ways in their matches because it almost adds another story for the team facing them. Um, FTR came into this match probably the heavy baby faces, but by the end, you had them boys FTR back and forth, back and forth. You had the incredible struggle at the end between these two teams, yeah, where you know you just have Mark on the outside just pulling and pulling and pulling. And this is where it got to that top level for me because you have Jay in there just trying to choke out Dax and that perfect final image of Cash reaching back in, mm-hmm. just trying to save his partner, much like the DIY FTR maps that I love so much, where they're sitting Good in the count. ring looking at each other. But this is a little different. Yeah. But yeah, that table spot that you're talking about. There's this thing in modern wrestling where if you set up a table, someone's going through it, guaranteed. Yeah. They set up a table in this match, they didn't touch it. No. Instead, instead, they had a more risky, terrifying spot where Cash Wheeler pulled Mark Briscoe from the top rope all the way down to the floor onto chairs. Yeah, that's absolutely just insane. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. When that was the last spot that they were in the match physically, is that that's when we started the brawl outside, and I think that was an interesting way to kind of fall uh, lead to FTR's doom. Is that you pulled him down, but you were still exhausted from all that. And by the end, Mark just had enough, despite being destroyed, yeah. to keep you out. And it was a fantastic war back and forth. Truthfully, by before the end of the year's up, I'm going to have to watch both the first and second mm-hmm. because the first happened so long ago. Um, and you know, there is recency bias, but I am with the likes of you know, uh, Meltzer and others that this is this is what a dog collar match should be, yeah, right? This is it's an all out war between two teams, and you know that, but the dog collars aren't the match again. This is kind of like the pure rules match, it's just keeping these guys together, yeah, and you use that chain once in a while, and it makes for a better match yeah. instead of. Because, you know, a lot of people love the CM Punk and MJF one from earlier this year. I thought that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. The Cody Rhodes and uh, Brody Brody Lee one from Once Upon a Time. Really, really good. Tony Khan gets how to do these dog collar matches. But this was uh, this was fantastic. Uh, these two teams are two of the very best in the world. And now we need Briscoes versus Young Bucks one more time. 
I was going to say that the, the table spot, what I also loved about it is that it felt improv that, that yeah. Mark, you know, the crowd's chanting, we want tables, and Mark's just like, ah, F it, and then just clearing <laughs> off the timekeeper's table and putting it there, and yeah. then they work around it and then had zero intention to ever use yeah. that table. Yeah. Instead of changing the spot or whatever, they're just like, no, just leave it there. Well, it'll make it look even more the brutal. and then give him something bigger. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that assessment. Uh, Jared, what do you think about this match? And how does it rank in all of the uh, the trilogies that you've seen this year? Oh, I think you're, you're muted. muted. I think you muted. Like, your cat muted you. Yeah, my cat is currently sabotaging me. Um, <laughs> I get that all too well. Nice, nice little run in yeah. by Dewey here. Um, but yeah, I think it's the second of the three. I think the one, um, like you, uh, Ryan, the one at Death Before Dishonor, right? The uh, Supercard of I, Honor, I, the first Supercard of Honor. So I, the names, I don't, you know, honor. Um, yeah, good enough. Just <laughs> throw an honor somewhere in the title, and you get it. Yeah, um, I really think that, um, man, I. As much as I get tired of the whole FTR shtick of like, oh, we're not happy, oh, this and that, like, man, whenever they get in the ring, they're just they're just lights out. Yeah, you give those guys the ball and they run with it. Um, all the spots you guys talked about, I completely agree with. What I'm more interested in is the story that they're going to tell right now. Are they going to lose all the belts and then get the get the AEW one? And then I think. In my mind, that's what happens, and then they get it right as their contract runs out, and they don't quote unquote don't sign a new contract, mm. and they tour the indies, kind of like the Summer of Punk thing, which mm. should have been way longer. Interesting, right? Go to the indies, defend it there, defend it on Impact, defend it where the fuck ever you want. Interesting, New Japan, and then you know Tony Khan's finally like, all right, we got to get you back. We'll find, we'll give you the big money deal, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you play that because it plays into them and their like Twitter game. I mean, of course they could always go back to WWE for more money. Yeah. But these guys are artistically inclined people. They, they love their craft. So I don't see them going back, but to lose to the Usos four times, like 50 times in a year, but I don't know, maybe it'd be such a letdown if they went back. It would be such a letdown. It's the whole reason why, uh, like, you see everybody, oh, yeah, I want the Young Bucks to be, dog, they're just going to lose to the Usos 50, or, <laughs> you know, they're just going to go 50-50 with them. I don't need to see that. No. Yeah. I've seen all the matches that they need to have there. Yeah, totally. Like, so, there's no, not like there's new teams for them to have matches. You're telling me you're not interested in FTR versus Pretty Deadly? <laughs> it would probably be a pretty good match. No, <laughs> I mean, I could just go back and watch their NXT run against American Alpha. That was yeah, yeah, that's a good run. You know, those were those were great. But that's why they're here. Yeah, that's why they're here, and I think that would be super interesting, giving them quote unquote time off. Yeah, as well as being like, hey, defended on this indie. Hey, defended right. at PWG. You know, yeah, sure. that that would be super cool. Yeah. No, I, I, it's not bad. And I think they're definitely losing the titles. We got the AAA Night of Champions coming up with them uh, versus Dragon Lee and Drillistico in that match that has been held off for um, all year. Uh, they have, obviously, the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom match against either Aussie Open. It's probably going to be Aussie Open. Uh, or Goto and Yoshihashi. You never know. You never know if Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, but it'll probably be Aussie Open. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised losing that, and then in the new year, uh, what at some some time as Dax doesn't even know at some time in the new year, uh, we'll figure it out later. Uh, this man doesn't know yeah. where his contract ends. What are you talking about? Um, you yeah, know, uh, I, I think yeah, it's not a bad idea and doing that sort of summer of punk uh, illusion uh, for FTR there for FDR bold there. Uh, it's not a bad idea. So I would I would love to see that. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, speaking about uh, numbers all over the place. Let's talk about NXT Deadline. Deadline. Um, this show happened post Ring of Honor Final Battle, and it was a rousing affair, wasn't it, fellas? It wasn't bad. Yeah, it was bad. That was a real win because <laughs> mm-hmm. most NXT shows are bad. Yeah, yeah, that's Nowadays. fair. That's fair. Well, let's talk about the show here. Uh, uh, first off was the NXT Women's title number one contendership Iron Survivor Challenge match. Um, I guess before we get to the match, just sort of an overall concept, what did you guys think of the Iron Survivor Challenge match? Going into it, I thought it was going to be a mess. Uh-huh. Because, like, that whole segment of, like, oh, yeah, like, she's and, like, setting up who is going to be in it with all those people and then well, like we, the rid- explanation. we ridiculed it last week <laughs> we ridiculed it badly kiana james why is kiana james in here she's won like molly- two matches wasn't that like molly holly was like ripping it out or something like that yeah but um just like talking about it and like trying to decipher what was going on what was what it was going to be like and what it was going to like i'm just going Okay, this could be a huge train wreck, but it worked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the match was real chaotic. In some points, I think the match type works in terms of the chaos. I think there are points in the match where I, I'm enjoying the chaos, but there are some points where it's like, okay, we got these pins, and then there's people in the penalty box, and then these numbers are ticking down, but this number's ticking up, and there's just sometimes where the what i was looking at was way too chaotic and, yeah. and and the crowd constantly counting down uh that all that through it felt like a match at that point that was invented for how the match to count down the crowd to count down and i i was getting uh overwhelmed at points by the chaotic picture of what the match was delivering where as some aspects of it i like the chaoticness but it, it just it didn't quite get there fully for me personally scotty what did you think of the match i think this would be a really good match if you had five wrestlers who are more advanced mm-hmm. especially when i saw the women's one mm-hmm. but the women's one i was like okay it's asking a lot to do this whole like because there's a lot of rules to this match and i was just talking about this with rules it's like you don't want a lot of rules mm-hmm in wrestling matches. I think the simpleness of it kind of being like an Iron Man match but shorter with multiple people is cool. Yeah. I don't think the penalty box thing is that bad because it played into the drama towards the end of these matches. But I think you do have to figure out there's you gotta rework it in some ways, but there is a lot of potential there because I thought the men's one was actually a really, really good match mm-hmm. in terms of just chaotic multi men's, and that's kind of what WWE does well. It's a chaotic multi man match. We you know, we've said that multiple times. Um but there's definitely there's plus and minuses to it. 
it's a good idea um, to do once in a while. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't want to do it like every year annually either. You know sure. what I mean? Like, sure. If you want to bring it out once in a while to do it, great. But also, if you're gonna decide who's in it, make it make sense too. Um, because like the men's one, and I, I don't really care if I skip around because it's NXT. Um, is that the men's one benefited big time from Axiom being in this match. If Axiom wasn't in the match, it would not have been as good. But the chaoticness was a good part of it. It's just, you have to figure out the, okay, someone's coming in with 10 minutes left, Mm -hmm. um, and then stuff like that. But I did, like, they have to figure out the score board, too. Yeah. Because I liked... The scoreboard, but when you have time just popping up here and there, it's like, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. time out because they, you know, and they were starting it before they got on the penalty box. And it's like, what is happening? Right. Mm-hmm. And they did the WWE thing where they fought in the penalty box. I was like, you just well, had to not do that. That frustrated me a lot where yeah. they fought in the penalty box after one of them could leave, or maybe both right. of them. I think one after Axiom would leave. Why did they not fight while they were in the Yeah, that would have made sense. I was very frustrated by that whole thing. But you know what? First time, um, I thought the, I thought it could have been a lot worse. Sure. Yeah. And that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, I think they did a good enough job, and the right women, uh, Roxanne Perez needed to win, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, The men's match, I you know I figured out once they announced that pay per view that they're probably going to save Carmelo. Because mm-hmm. they have New Year's Eve or whatever the hell it's called. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably save Carmelo for Vengeance Day. Yeah. Which makes sense. But, hey. You tried something new. I can't get mad at you for that. And it wasn't a total disaster. I would have loved to see this match on, like, a New Blood Stardom show as, like, a high-speed title match. Jesus Christ. It, I, you know, <laughs> just, like, the pinfalls. The You know, you, you Saki Kashima in there. Yeah, Azume oh there. yeah, just pinning yeah. people left and right. I think that would be a very fun match to do it that yeah. that kind of style, uh, high speed. <laughs> yeah. Just make it even more chaotic. Yeah. Be like a cruiserweight type thing in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Um. So that first match there was Roxanne Perez defeating Cora Jade and E. Hartwell, Keanu James, Zoe Star, Keanu James. Uh, didn't get a pinfall in this match. He got zero points, just like uh, her win loss uh, record uh, this year. Um. Don't know what she's in the match. Uh. But Roxanne ultimately got the win. Uh, getting pinning Cora Jade at the 23 minute mark, and Cora Jade unable to answer back. Uh, with Roxanne getting the win, crowd was behind Roxanne the entire time. Um, so that was also nice to see. Uh, did you guys? We kind of talked about the overview of the matches and stuff, but there is there any uh clear points that you guys want to bring up about this uh women's title number one contendership match? Uh, no, but I would like to bring up Booker T just in general being a complete lunatic all night (laughs) like yeah like he was he was a lot all all night guys like he he like i usually don't mind him because booker like whatever but like damn last night it was it was tough to get through some some part he's in rare form yeah i don't know maybe maybe just me but like and then he had that comment of like or like er, um, earlier in the day, like oh, Wheeler Yuta, that's not a name for it. it's like dog. We have people like Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker, K K E R. <laughs> yeah, like it's fine. Like get out of here. I just I don't know. I it's hard for me when Booker's unhinged like that too. 
he kind of takes me out of the match. I think the ultimate uh, commentary booth is uh, Booker T and Taz, and just the, the <laughs> chaos that would. But I like Taz. I know, but just the chaos that would uh, oh, yeah. develop during that sort of That's commentary true. booth uh, would just be um, unbelievable. I thought the women's match was more together than I ever expected it to be, if that makes sense. Because, like, when you have someone like Kiana James, who, again, I've never seen wrestle in my life, and you have Indy Hartwell, who I thought was better than she actually is once upon a time, um, Poor Jade, who you know you and me have talked about, isn't necessarily the best mm-hmm. wrestler yet. Though I know she's the next Sasha Banks in their mind. Um, you know you can uh-huh. you can kind of break it apart. Zoe Stark's whatever. I don't yeah. really. I I never know who she is. I can't wait um, for uh, Cora Cora Jane Jade versus uh, um, uh, Saya Kamatani in uh, five years from now. <laughs> um, but. I you know overall I thought it was fine. There was no spots I could think of. I think Roxanne's just so much better than all of them mm-hmm. that uh, that any time she was involved, the match was pretty good. Uh, next match was Isla Dawn versus oh, Alba Fire. I don't even want to talk about this. I don't even want to talk about it. My favorite spot in this match is no, not the referee spot where he gets possessed. Mine was when Vic Joseph. Uh, <laughs> Vic Joseph sees Isla Dawn smiling and reacts something to the effect of Isla Dawn is smiling. What the heck? Can she do that? Like just un just just look destroyed his entire being knowing that she was smiling. And uh just I, I just love that. Putting a hex on the referee is not a DQ? No, not not in NXT. Not in NXT. Uh, there, there's a, a picture going around of the side by side comparison of uh, the Ring of Honor referee bleeding and the NXT referee uh, vomiting black bile, uh, just being like, "This really sums up uh, Tony Khan and Triple H's views of wrestling." Uh, so yeah, no, not not a DQ. I think we're, not a DQ. Brian Alvarez put it really well in a tweet. We're gonna look back in like 20 years on this like supernatural goofy shit and just be like, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, it's untenable right now. It is untenable. It's, it's the dirt worst. Yeah, it is not good. This uh, is bad. And Alba Fire loses again. I've never seen her win. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, can we also talk, just real quickly, just the idea of like, I know NXT UK is over, but a lot of NXT UK all over NXT, right? Just like a yeah. lot of NXT. None of the ones I liked. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Where's Tyler Bate? Where's Ilya Dragunov? Except for Kaylee, I guess. I mean, I like her, but she loses all the time. Yeah. Like, where's Tyler Bate? Mm-hmm. Um, where's Mako Satamora? Where's Blair Davenport? Even, yeah, I was thinking even Blair Davenport. Like, where? Where's Ilya Dragunov? Like, where'd all these people go? Where's all the good ones? Yeah. Why? Like, why are we hiding them away? Yeah. No. Instead, I have to get. Isla Dawn and J.D. McDonough, and that's probably it, but feels like enough. <laughs> uh, NXT Tag Team title match here was announced last Tuesday that the New Day were going to challenge, and it was the New Day that won the titles against Pretty Deadly. Um, so it was Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods as your new NXT Tag Team Champions. Came out of nowhere. Uh, Booker T, speaking of commentary, hated, that, like, no soul hated the idea of them being on his screen, hated the entire concept of their existence on this television show. Uh, That was just baffling, just the continuation of, like, Booker T not okay with specific talents. 
uh, on his television. But yeah, all. what's that? I've tuned. I've learned to tune him out. Yeah. Um, I will say though, Pretty Deadly is like the team that I just have no idea who they are. I don't know where they came from. I just know I keep seeing them pop up in my face with titles. They yeah. just have like three tag title reigns now all of a sudden. Yeah. I just learned that their names are Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Yep. Learned that today. Uh-huh. Um, one of them is dating. Uh, I think it's Kit Wilson. Maybe is uh is dating, um, former Ring of Honor lady that moved to NXT oh, is on Level yeah. Up. What what's her Sounds name? Gr- awesome. Yeah. I found name. that out and I was like, whoa, what? Her name, don't worry, her name's useless to us. Uh, but this match was a lot better than I expected it to be because the New Day are very good at tag team wrestling. Shocker. They're literally <laughs> here because they can't give them the other titles. So mm-hmm. they said, we need to get you guys tag titles. Yeah. Because it's been a while, but we need the Usos to keep theirs. So go get the NXT ones and we'll be say, oh, you're Triple Crown. Woo, yay. Yeah. It's fine by me because I, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's When they won, I was happy. I was like, yeah, new day. Woo. Yeah. It was a good match, though. Any thoughts? Like the best this? match on the night. Any thoughts on this match, Jared? It was good. Booker T was a maniac. You know, I like the new day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the takeaway. The like <laughs> uh, NFC title number one contendership Iron Survivor Challenge match. Grayson Waller was able to get three points to win this match, defeating Axiom, Carmelo Hayes, JD McDonough, and Joe Gacy. JD McDonough gets zero points. Big old goose egg for McDonough. That's funny. Um, I like Axiom, aka Kid. I think he's you know really freaking good mm. and shouldn't be, shouldn't just be in a mask doing math. But hey, yeah, that's right. Weird. Like, what a weird thing to choose for one of the best guys. Not even in NXT. I think he's one of the best guys in the company in terms of just being a professional wrestler. I'm fine with him changing his name. A kid. Eight, no, that's fine. Yeah. But why that, does that name's not going to go anywhere? Why does he have to do math? Like, why is this the gimmick we gave? Him? I I like I like the gimmick because it allows because he got to high school, so he's not an a kid anymore. I like I like the concept. Uh, I like the uh, gimmick mostly because it allows moments where uh, Vic Joseph is explaining the gimmick to Booker T, and Booker T is like, Booker "That's was stupid." Not happening. And, and then. And then the follow-up moment of, oh, he's a mathematical genius. He 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 studied his opponents perfectly, and he gets pinned first. <laughs> it's just like, oh, so this guy doesn't run away with it or anything. He's just he's really great at it. He really studies his opponents, yeah. and he loses first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, he flies a lot more than I remember from his NXT UK days. <laughs> like he, you know, because he's in a mask now, I guess they probably like, hey, go do like all the crazy stuff. You yeah. can do more. Be more of a luchador. Which is fine because mm-hmm. he's great. Yeah. It's just like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, again, why is this your gimmick? You're so much better than this. Yeah. But that's that's the Shawn Michaels booking way. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, he's ready to go up. Yeah. Just kind of being wasted away now. Um, but you probably want that match with Braun before he goes up. Mm-hmm. But man, what 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 is what is stopping us from putting him on Raw SmackDown? Like, do they actually I, really need him? Yes, the answer is yes. They actually do need. Yeah. Him. But you gotta imagine that <laughs> he's coming out during the Royal Rumble, right? Like, I think so. I think so. 
he's a star. Like when his music hits, and I know the XT crowd's like really weird and kind of terrifies me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like when he's he when he shows up, I'm like, all right, like this guy's clearly the star of the bunch. It's not even like a question. Yeah. Uh, so you saying NXT crowd remind me of my moment of uh, the Isla Dawn Alba Fire match where Alba Fire is on right before the ref spot. Alba Fire is on like the top of the rope, about to do like a diving drop kick or something, and it, it cuts to a wide shot. And Alba Fire is like, "Come on, crowd, let's get into it!" And everyone's on their seat, arms crossed, like not on board of this match yeah, whatsoever, good. super bored out of their mind, and uh, just like, "Not oh, great, love love this show." Uh, NXT title match, Braun Breaker defeats Apollo Crews. I thought this was a really good match. I thought, this was, for me, this was the best match of the night, uh, personally. I, I thought, uh, you know, th- there were the WWE-isms of zooming in on Apollo Crews' eyes. Oh, that eyes, took me out of it. I was, and then, I and then opened them up like, ah. I, 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 I was I, done from there. I, my vision's clear. Uh, I thought that was fucking ridiculous. Uh, but I think the work was there. Otherwise, I think the work between them was there. Uh, and yeah. I think Braun Breaker's looking better and better with each match that I see him in. Um, it, it's just, I, I was like, I, you know, that one WDism is just goddamn yeah. It was enough for me to be like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm check- like, you guys said how, like, the the uh, Dax thing with the headbutt. I was like, I was watching this, and I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, everything, rest of this match, dead to me. Yeah. This is so stupid. I was like, why is he the Undertaker without being the Undertaker? Yeah, and then he got, and then he lost. And I also forgot Braun Breaker wins with Spears now. So like when he won, I was like, "Oh, so it's over." All right, cool, sounds good. Yeah, um, because I was like, they literally just told me that Apollo Cruz hit Braun Breaker's finish on him, mm-hmm. and then he proceeded to not use that to get the win. Well, because his, his finisher was stolen, so he can't use it anymore. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jerry, what did you think of this match? Final thoughts. Uh, same. I thought it was good. I like Braun Breaker's matches. I can't not think of Vince McMahon saying his name in my head when I read it. Ron Breaker. You know, is it something like that? Really emphasizing um, the double K there. Yeah. Breaker. And then, or like being in the earpiece of like Vic Joseph. Damn it, it's Braun Breaker. You know, like kind of like getting after the lead announcer. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he needs to be on the main shows. I think he you know, I think he's gonna be their world champion within a year. Wow. Braun Breaker, really? Yeah. I think I think I think if Triple H wants to have a mark, I I think this bloodline thing is great with Sammy. I hate Roman's matches. Yeah. I think they're boring. I think they're the same. Like, as soon that one that he had against Cena last year, was that last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ever since then, it was just like, I'm over it. He, all he does is shot, shit talk, walk around, yeah. beat him up, super punch, talk crap, and then just like, Dog, I get it. I get what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The Sami Zayn stuff is the best stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that is the most interesting stuff. I don't really like the Usos, I except for the Sami stuff. You know, once <laughs> that gets resolved, I think Braun's got to take it because who else? Are we gonna put on? Are we gonna put on one of the Paul brothers? No. I mean, you know, I would like, be, be opposed to that. That match was really good. 
You no, that match was great. Yeah, like, absolutely. But like, did not crown Logan Paul because if he commits to enough dates, they will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I know. But I think I think Ron Breaker is going to be Triple H's Triple H's guy. Mm. You would think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think. So. I, I think I think like that's the money in the future. And I think while trip or, or while Roman is going to work less dates now after the, after WrestleMania, yeah. I think breaker is the one to take it. And I'll, I think I'll watch more if it's breaker. I, that would interest me more because right now, one, I don't watch Rob usually because it's three hours and two, I just, I just can't care about that bloodline stuff outside of Sami Zayn. I get you. I get you. You you just failed to acknowledge him. Uh, you know that's fine. That's I, fine. I <laughs> at first I was like, yeah, I failed to. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that's gone. It's, it's gone. Uh, no, yeah, no, I get what you're saying completely. And I, I don't know if I I can see Braun Breaker personally. I think there's the Cody of it all that that puts me in the question about all that. And then there's just them and the Bruno of it all that I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go for the Bruno. I think it'd be stupid, but whatever. Uh, but oh, I can totally, totally see that I, happening. And Triple H is such a Bruno Mark too that yeah, you got to wonder: Would he do that? Well, I can make my own Bruno. <laughs> you know, that's that's the, my thinking there. Um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And I think Braun, though, to that point, though, I think Braun has a couple more years in NXT. I don't know if he's going like as soon as he loses his title, he's going back up and getting rocket strapped. I think he has maybe a little more time he needs to season, but we'll. we'll I think see. he's up by the end of 2023. Okay, right. that, like Royal, no, not Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. He's in for War Games. What maybe about like what about the, not this year's WrestleMania? Do you think he's going to main event or headline the next year's? I think that's what is going to happen. Possible. I think he's definitely going to headline multiple WrestleManias. It's just a matter of when. Um, I mean, they to me they have three people ready to go up right now. It's Breaker, Mello, and Roxanne. Though Roxanne was ready to go up probably when she signed to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a good thing to have, right? And, and you know, Breaker's only going to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a finished product by any stretch. He's been wrestling for, what, a year, yeah. year and a half? Uh, Mello's been in it longer, obviously. Mello's a bit older. So he's more of the finished product. But, I mean, yeah. between Perez and Breaker, you kind of get your two future cornerstones at least i think mm-hmm. for those two divisions uh moving forward which is good to have yeah absolutely well there we go uh I, i'm gonna cut the uh new japan yeah. stuff but yeah we're we going over time but <laughs> three matches bright lights call here Sonny's coming back will he actually have yeah. a match or will he be at wrestle kingdom we'll find out this wednesday um that's the preview uh but thank you everybody thank you so much jared for coming on to ring post radio it's been a blast having you on the show Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, no, this is this has been a lovely time. You're you're welcome back anytime. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, but before we go, we got of course got to do some plugs, and of course we'll be doing our match of the week. So Jared, uh, any where can people find you? Any plugs, and then also what was your match of the week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J L U T H Y J Luthy. I talk about pro wrestling and I talk about movies and other dumb stuff. Um, my match of the week 
was a the John Moxley and Kanosuke match from Rampage. Um, I thought it that that kick out at one mm-hmm. was so cool. I just that moment sealed it for me. Um, Moxley gave him a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think they are going to keep giving him more and more, and he will probably be the next in line for, I don't know, I could see him all Atlantic or something like that, having a good run there, or just be a fighting champion somewhere, and I, I think he's money. Perfect. Perfect. Anything else to plug? Uh, Subscribe to Patreon so you can hear me uh, DM and um dm the these wonderful people that i try not try not to kill overtly every week but they almost find ways all the time we've gotten close a couple times to to just total death yeah. i know mikey just, was just... very close last one <laughs> yeah no we're losing a that's, little bit. that's true <laughs> yeah no that's definitely true scotty uh anything to plug where can people find you match of the week hit us oh um what to plug? Yeah, you can check out my interview with Nagi Sayaka. That's uh, that's cool. I got a question that I got to ask about that, by the way, off air. <laughs> All right. Um, you can also check out my interview that's coming out this week that I'm not going to say on air because it's secret. I'm going to ask that off air, too, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, I still won't tell you, but all right. Um, that's about it for me. And then uh, my match of the week. He took that one. I will say uh, Yuki Yoshioka versus Masaki Mochizuki from Dragon Gate. Yeah, very good. Uh, Yoshioka's, you know, nice kind of that guy that you want to be watching. Um, that was the free show of Dragon Gate, if I'm not mistaken. It was, right? it was free, so you can check that out. Um, I don't know if it's free forever or not, but it was free, sure. Um, and it was Cork and Hall. Yoshioka's a stud. They went with him this year, and he's proven to be in. You know, Mochizuki's a legend, really, for Dragon Gate. So it was great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, my match of the week is going to be also from AEW. It's going to be the Bowens Max Caster versus FTR World Tag Team Title Match. Yeah, that was great. Too. Nice. I thought that match was also great. Uh, not- FTR good. They had they had two four plus star matches for me in one week. That's what I'm talking about. FTR. That's what I'm talking about. They get there's they're making it tough for me for the count out year end awards to come up with uh, Darby and uh, Joe was really good too. That one was also very good. But uh, no one F- said it, but F- it was really good. <laughs> FTR making it real tough this year for the uh, the count out year end awards for me to be like, okay, who am I nominating between them, the Briscoes, the Aussie Open, you know. Uh, Briscoes are a funny case because it's like mm-hmm. they are a funny case. They are they are they a conversation. Just, every they time have. they're on a real show, they deliver. Yeah, exactly. And by real show, you mean uh, Ring of Honor. <laughs> <Ring of> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nightsey. You can follow the whole show at Count Pod. Uh, like Jared said, you got to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Count Pod. We got a bunch of episodes, I think 10 out now of the uh, uh, D&D show, Cantrips and Clotheslines. Um, so you go check out all that. Uh, a lot of fun stuff there. I play a character called The Pebble. That's right. I'm Ricky Starks. Um, you can <laughs> catch up all of season one of Ryan Hasn't Seen Anything, all 10 episodes of that. Uh, Scott and I are, are talking about ideas for season two. 
Um, but uh, we got some matches written down, and and maybe it's probably going to be one of those matches like the uh, Miracle on Bourbon Street that I never watched at whatsoever, uh, that I missed completely. Uh, so maybe that match will be in there for season two as well. Um, anything else to plug? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Uh, and I think until then, I think until next week, we'll see you all then. Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a lovely guest to have on. Uh, he hits us with the Samoa Joe. <laughs> Heck yeah, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show of Ring Post Radio. We'll be back next week. And until then, goodbye, everybody. Hi, guys. This is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is Your Dose of Death Podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things Deathmatch Wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Count Out Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon, as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. See you at the show. This has been a Countout Podcast.